moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Friday, March 18th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. Four! Breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again. Find them at manrubs.com or on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com or on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on- and off-duty gear. Hot-melted plastic, custom orders. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. We're on the last day of what has been an all-week event. It's called Biggest Sale of the Season on Giza Dream Sheets. It's low with $29.99 for sets. Go visit Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com forward slash steak. Of course, you're going to enter the same steak at checkout for big, big savings. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative for everything related to MyPillow products at 1-800-658-8045. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms, has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating, and he's a licensed FFL if you're into the tradesies. He's got a newly redesigned, easy-to-use website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. You hit him up on Facebook Messenger, ask about all that ammo he's got, or call him via the telephone, 619-870-6992. The top tier of ear gear and the uh, world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment specializing in headphones can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming, you can find everything you need to get those ears taken care of at odyssey.com. Find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Steak for breakfast, backs to blue. We love our first responders. They're always working hard. When they're off duty, they're wearing some of the tactical gear from Mediocre Medic, sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on duty. Plus, they got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And then, of course, the gold standard of tactical flair, home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Dump box. Go throw some money at Mark Joe Friday. Don't know what the Zero Fucks Duck is? Ask him on Facebook Messenger. You can find him at dumpbox.us. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our Substack, our Telegram, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now True Social, welcome Friday edition, Steak for Breakfast Podcast, episode 117, 
I'm Roan. Noah's here. What's up? Antoinette's joined us. We've got a great show coming up for you guys today. we got two America First interviews. But first, we're going to do a little bit of the news with a special guest with us today. I think you may have known from the, uh, he's the host of Wrong Opinion, Mr. Uh, Josh Lacash. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. I, so I didn't realize this was like a real podcast. You guys have sponsors and everything. How do I, can, can, after this, can you like hook me up <laughs> to get sponsors for my show? You know, I'm behind a paywall and all, but you know, I feel like I can, I can do a good job selling their stuff. I'm a Jew. So oh, know, there you we're go. good at that. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. <laughs> and we're there already. <laughs> yes. I'll shoot you some information on, on some, listen, our, we call them partners cause we don't make any money off of them, but, uh, they, uh, will definitely like to help out other people as well. Get their products out there. Yeah. I want to, I want to sell stuff. I want to sell, I want to sell out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, why don't you introduce yourself to our listenership? Tell them a little bit about your show. Um, yeah, so I do like two to three shows a week, and I'm live Saturdays on Censored TV. Uh, I basically co- cover everything, politics, pop culture, current events. I interview people like I, I interviewed Sam Hyde, basically the comedian Sam Hyde, basically just on financial advice. Uh, wow. It is financial <laughs> advice. And uh, I released that yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on top of, everything and uh my, i've come to a conclusion that everything is pretty much fake and gay oh yes <laughs> where have i heard that before so like, yeah uh, the show is called wrong opinion it's on patreon and that's how i feed my child so you better go subscribe he does this full-time guys and he does a really good job so you better go yeah, it's a great show <laughs> we'll uh, live link it in the show description at the end as well but uh speaking of things that are both equally fake and gay i don't even know what to call russia and ukraine anymore Mm. What started as just the tip has turned into the preamble of what people are calling World War Three or not. Fake ski. Depending on who you're listening to or what show you're tuned into on this one. You know, we haven't covered one thing in regards to the war yet, and we've been covering it for now three and a half weeks. We just keep bringing oh, you all the psyop <laughs> bullshit that's going on regarding it. And a lot of the backstory, we told you a little bit of the history of the uh, former Soviet state turned rogue, possibly neo-nazi nation but maybe not also i don't even know what to think anymore but what i do know is nancy pelosi has been practicing her i don't even know what they speak over there ukrainese (laughs) i think it's ukrainian i'm not helping you with that i'm not helping you former (laughs) beyonce backup dancer and current president of ukraine has been making the rounds lately. First, he visited with some of the world leaders. So this is what it's, what it's hard to understand and what goes into the whole possible psyop of the whole situation. Supposedly, it's like one of the hottest war zones on the face of the earth besides like North Africa and parts of Syria, correct? Ukraine, so hot right now. So hot. So presidents from like European NATO nations flew into said hot zone to the capital, to the airport, which supposedly was bombed, and visited in person with Zelensky this week. Well, they just bombed the gift store. There you go. They left, and he went and grifted to Canada the day before he came in and did the same to our Senate. Um, but before we get into that... Did he have a video, like, about... Wait, Zelensky went to Canada? No, well, he did it via Zoom, kind of like when people come oh, on Oh, I thought show. he actually went there. I was like, oh. Yeah, no, the, the European presidents went to him. Did he have a video montage right, right. about, like, maple syrup and stuff, too? Or? <laughs> All of his uh, <laughs> dancing clips and high heels. He's so gay. He certainly is. Josh, what do you think of yeah. this whole situation right now? Um, I think Putin is right, and it's not our fight. Mm. I came up with that rhyme yesterday. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty. I should write a children's book. Uh, I, I, I think that um, what's amazing is how the normies around the world, basically, at the flip of a switch, went from COVID to Ukraine, and they pretend to care about it. Not only that, but I, it's like they trick themselves. Like they think they really care about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how they cared about the health heroes, the frontline health heroes from a few years ago. Who they all fired and, after that. Uh, and, and not only that, wait, but not only that, but they, uh, if you don't jump on the bandwagon with them, uh, they will paint you as a traitor who should die. And I think that that more than anything should scare people. So not the war, not World War Three, none of that. But the fact that you can be labeled um, evil that quickly, and and we saw it with the with the vaccine hesitancy, and oh yeah, and um, you know, and and or, or you know, saying that January sixth was no big deal, and that there was election fraud, all of these things, right? They they will label you an enemy of the state who should die, and they think they are on the moral high ground. Yeah, I mean, and, I think and these more are, than anything, that is what should scare us. And these are people that, you know, six, eight, ten months ago were flying Russian flags. Yes. At, at protests. Well, and Jen, probably, Psaki, Jen Psaki was wearing one. They probably actually have to take them off their bedroom walls for the, well, up, no, the upside down they, Ukrainian flag. They just cover them with a new one. There's First of all, there's the Black Lives Matter one. And oh, then right. It was the riding with Biden. And then it was get your booster. There was something else. Yeah. Before, oh. They made a flag for the, the booster. Well, you know. <laughs> Basically, traitors to our country still calling us traitors to our country when we're in yeah. fact, you know, the ones who give a shit about this country. You Wait, what has, made me first. has Russia done to us, by the way? Like, what has Russia seriously done to the United States? I think that Nothing. most of the problems with the United States are within the United States. They were. And we're eating ourselves from within. We yeah. have a cancer from within. Yes. Uh, not only in the political world, but culturally uh, as well. And I don't I don't I can't think of anything Russia has seriously done to our country. Also, that the United States hasn't done to other countries as well. I mean, it's like we're pretending like we're all innocent, but we're, we're you know, we're our not the biggest <laughs> offender of them all. You we, are, know? we are literally doing this in, in several African nations right now, like the yeah. same thing that's going on in Russia and Ukraine with less hard bombing hospitals. Yeah, we're very good at it. Oh, yeah. Not only are we good at it, but we're really good at labeling it. Oh, it's collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And then we move on. Exactly. Yeah. Cries in Momar Gaddafi. Mm. I missed him. I don't even think he was a bad guy. That guy was just eccentric. Like, no. What did he do? He tried to make Africa great again. He really yeah, did, did he it. just... He tried to uh, not use the U.S. currency as his uh, as the main currency reserve or something. Wasn't it something like yeah. that? And he, then, he, he was and an, we killed him? He was initiating a gold-backed African currency that was going to basically bring right. that part of the world into like not out of the third and into possibly the second. Yeah. He like even offered people of his country like that got married and had children and, you know, created, you know, procreated mm-hmm. like incentives. He would give them a house. He would give them like a starting fund, um, pay their kids tuition for college and school and everything. He wanted to like, you know, make his country great again. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm not for women in the military, but he he had like this whole brigade of, of really hot women protecting him at all times. And I thought, hey, that's creative. And we need more of that, that in the world. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> what about Remember? what about men winning uh division one women's sports? Are you for that? Yeah, I am for that. How hot Perfect. are they? Um, How hot are they? Because well women's sports <laughs> is Minus gymnastics, women shouldn't be involved in sports or, or like ice skate, figure skating. Other than that, like, what are you doing? 
Um, <laughs> and I think that that guy that that won that race, uh, whatever, Leia Thomas or whatever, he's not even trying to sound like a female. No. He still dates females. Uh, the dude is trolling, trolling. for conservatives. Yeah. yeah, for conservatives to be outraged about that. He's on our side. <laughs> I, I, right? He's proving our point. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it's funny. That's what we should be doing. Okay, these this is these are the new rules. Okay, cool. And then we should use it to our advantage. Oh, exactly. Good, use it against good, them. Good angle that we haven't. <laughs> I mean, I just keep quoting tweets of him. Is he tucking or has he just got the full, just full potato in, yeah. the, in the front of the little? I just keep quoting tweets. Why, why even targ? Sweet why balls. <laughs> Free balling. Free Sick balls, dude. Like, does he get the, does he get like the women's like swimming unitard like modified? Just, Have you like, seen the picture of them on the podiums? He just puts a speedo. So he He's didn't massive. Have, he didn't have to stand on the first place podium. He stood off to the side, and then the second and third place stood on like the top of the podium. Mm-hmm. Podium. He was still like six inches, seven <laughs> inches taller than them. Yeah, and he's wider. He, he's he was wider. a Division he's One a, male a, swimmer, so they're they're shaped like fucking huge, yeah. triangular upper bodies, and he's just a massive beast of it's a like man. A tank. Yeah. <laughs> the conservative response should not be to complain about these things. It's just we need to exploit it to our advantage. Well, it just makes That's what we case, need to do. Yeah. Like complaining, complaining and trying to sound rational in an irrational world is is how we lose. Yeah, it's not working anymore. So we should just start yeah. complete, completely different tactics. Like you said, exploit use it against- the system that they create. Exactly. Well, we were saying around the tail end that Trump should say that he's female then because then he could be the first female <laughs> president that would be funny imagine That'd be very funny i've got news for you everybody <laughs> <laughs> it took me 73 years but i figured it out <laughs> sorry melania my name's donaldina there you go <laughs> Donalda. Donalda. <laughs> well other people who sounded funny this week were nancy pelosi when she introduced the ukrainian president to our house and senate up on capitol hill i don't think she's got a uh Margarita in her hand? Not this time. I don't think she has a very good uh, denture cream going in there. Let's let's hear. Uh, <laughs> welcome the president. Honored to present to you the Congress of the United States, which has great respect and admiration and appreciation for your courageous leadership. Huh? Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Slava Ukraina! Slava Ukraina! Slava (laughs) Nobada! My colleagues, Slava Ukraina! Slava Ukraina! Kill yourself. What the? I don't know. <laughs> She's just an absolute dumpster fire. How embarrassing. Can I make that a button? Slava Ukraina. <laughs> there you go. Well, it wasn't pretty. I couldn't watch it. I didn't even watch it. So I'm going to be. No, the translator. I don't really watch anything from that stuff. I don't either. I don't, like, I, anymore. <laughs> it doesn't feel relevant. Like none of those things ever feel relevant to me. Like I'm doing my podcast tomorrow and I'm like, should I even talk about that? It doesn't even feel <laughs> relevant. Like who cares what Nancy Pelosi says um, or the uni party says, because there's no GOP. It's like, it's all one party. Yeah. They're all saying the same thing. They're all parroting the same thing. And uh, I, to, in my opinion, like it, it, that stuff works on, the normies we were talking about who label us as evil and, and, and treasonous. Right. But for the majority of people, 
the silent majority, which we need to stop being silent because we are the majority. Uh, I don't think this really works on us. No one wants a war. It's not our fight. And uh, it's it's also tiresome. Oh, yeah, I agree. Totally. I mean, yeah, it works on those like those people, like you said, but for us, we're just like, oh, OK, whatever. You know, it's like- yeah, it works on it works on the Keith Olbermans of the world, you know, the, <laughs> the he might Reddit call you, he might personified. Call you, he's going to call you a cunt <laughs> if you keep saying that. Yeah, good. He, I, I would love to fight him. The, yeah, the, the <laughs> um, Scott Greer, I, re, I interviewed Scott Greer. He's a, a conservative pundit on our side. And uh, he came up with a, a term called the Reddit world order. Mm-hmm. And that's what we live in. Yep. We live in, 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 in Reddit world where all these Redditors personified in real life, like they come, they creep out into real life. They're not just online. It's like <laughs> the Keith Olbermans and, and the Michael Rappaport's and all of these people, they are, uh, they, they're cartoons and we're surrounded by uh, absolutely insane cartoon characters who are, running the show and pushing this narrative that I can't care about. I had someone unsubscribed from my podcast oh, that no. they pay $80 a year. You know, uh, they, they unsubscribed and they emailed me saying, yeah, you know, you, I unsubscribed because you said you didn't care about the Ukraine situation. And, <laughs> oh, God. and like, I don't think most people do care. Like it's, it's not, we're not capable of caring about every single thing we hear around the world as humans. We're not, we weren't wired that way. No. We're pretending to be wired that way because we have wires connecting us all over the world, but we're not like that. So I can't pretend to care about something that has no effect on me, no matter how, how much they try to blame high oil prices on, uh, on Russia. Uh, it's, that's not why we keep printing money and they're driving, they're, they're killing the dollar on purpose Yep. and they they're shutting down our pipelines and we were energy independent under Trump. And so they're doing this on purpose. Like I said before, they, they can fix this problem. All of these problems they can fix overnight, but they refuse to do so because they're deconstructing the country on purpose. Like everything right now that's going on, whether it be possibly pushing for World War III or just um, ruining the dollar and ruining our country, it's literally on purpose. So it's like when people are like, oh, can you believe that President Biden, fake President Biden, <laughs> Um, he's doing such a bad job. And it's like, no, he's not. This is exactly what he was put in there to do. Yep. First of yeah. all, he's not in charge. Let's just say he was in charge. Right. Uh, this is exactly why he's there. They're doing everything that they try. They were supposed to do under Trump, but they're not doing it as covertly as, as they, they would have done it before. They're, they're, they're speeding everything up. They're speeding up the process. And they're trying to implement, which they, it seems like they have already, a one-world government. And countries are just countries um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, symbolically, it's, yep. it's like a country is a country symbolically, but it doesn't really exist. There's very few nationalistic countries left and they're, they're vilifying those. And, you know, for what it's worth, it seems to me like Putin and Russia, they're, they're pretty nationalistic and they're, they're trying Probably. to preserve whatever they have. Uh, now, does that mean I agree with Putin on everything and I like him and I love Russia? No, I've never been there. I never plan on going there and I would like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are well, one of the yeah, last the whole point of the new world order is to destroy and rebuild. And that's what they want, you know, and that's exactly what Biden was put in there to do. Build well, back do better. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's do what nothing. That is. I mean, they tell us exactly. The thing is, is like they tell us they don't lie. It's, yeah. it's literally in their slogan there. And, and so it's like they 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 really don't lie. They're not liars. 
So when they yeah. say we want you dead for being a conservative, you better believe them. Mm -hmm. You know, conservatives need to stop being so innocent and being like, you know, we just disagree on things. No, they want you dead. Yeah, literally. And literally realize like the but like you said, they want you dead and they're they're telling you to your face and they fucking mean it. It's not, you know, hey, it's not a joke. No, it's not a joke at all. Imagine imagine in like five years when we're all in a gulag still thinking like, <laughs> hey, five hey, years. look how hypocritical. Look at hi hi hypocritical the, that liberal over there who's not in the gulag is. They're so they're such hypocrites. Like imagine thinking <laughs> that's still the argument or that the argument is capitalism versus socialism. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, they'll be the the new thing will be fighting over flavors of gruel. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted blueberries. Yeah. In you don't like you don't like the dirt flavored gruel. You racist. <laughs> oh yeah, racist. Makes, you know, the, all this makes me think of that movie Snowpiercer. You know, like the people all the way in the back. I, I don't know if you guys watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. back, like yeah. they revolt and like they're moving forward in the classes, and they find out they're like eating those like the those bricks that they're eating are all fucking bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bugs. And that's another thing that they're just telling us to get away from everything that's yeah. healthy and nutritious for you, and they're and then pushing fucking bugs out like crickets and all this other sweet, nasty sweet delicious shit, grubs. Mm. So I, think I know you guys. I know you guys. Uh, I don't. I don't like. Your name is steak for breakfast, but like seriously, people listening, eat steak for breakfast. Yes. Eat it breakfast lunch and dinner eat raw eggs eat organ meat eat all of those things that you've been psyoped into not eating and then your life will be better oh, mm -hmm. we, we took a crash course with the raw egg nationalist just a few weeks ago and it was a great guy it was delicious it. yeah we love ren and uh, i was gonna do, i was gonna soon. do raw eggs on the air but i didn't you know i want to throw a ball the, the <laughs> soundboard i was like i'm gonna take i'm gonna take this slowly there you go have you tried it yet no come on man i've been cooking dude i'm like up to 17 raw eggs in a, in a day and my wife is like, you know, I'm cutting you off at 12. And she, I think she was serious about it, too. Like, it upset her that I ate 17 and that I want to do 20. Now you have to, like, hide um, eggs. You have to sneak them. I have to hide. I have to hide my eggs, you know? She sits like, down I, on the I, couch I, I, and it's behind the cushion. <laughs> I'm like a fucking squirrel, you know? I, I take my eggs and I, like, I bury them, you know, or something, like, in the corner. You, know? you got, like, soda cans with eggs in them. Like, you're just, like, cracking them into the little. Oh, like the kids that put the <laughs> yeah. weed in the Arizona cans? <laughs> yeah. Josh, what's that in your pocket? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Slap it. It's not an egg. Shut up. <laughs> your produce and like your like, you know, eggs and milk and stuff like that, I bet are so much better in Costa Rica. I spent uh, some yeah. time there. Yeah, I know. But oh, yeah. So for those listening, I live in Costa Rica now. I had my first kid a year ago. And then six months after that, I decided to pack up, leave Los Angeles, not raising my kid here and move to Costa Rica because my parents live there. So I'm not I'm not escaping the country because it's sinking. My parents live there and it's their first grandkid. So I want them to enjoy Awesome. And um, so and, and I'm able to work remotely. Um, and yeah, the, the food there is is incredible. Yeah. Like uh, the, the, the quality people, yeah. the restaurants there suck. Like right. they don't know how to cook. Yeah. But the, so you can, you know, cook for True. yourself. But the, yeah. yeah, the quality, though, is, is really good. And not only that, but it's it's really cheap. The country is very sustainable and, mm -hmm. and like self-sustainable. They, they barely import anything into the country. And there's like high tariffs on things that they do import which is sounds like a good idea like migrants um, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and and um but but so so since everything is grown there the food is really really quality and really cheap like even if you buy eggs from the biggest company it's still it's yeah. still like free range you know it's it's yeah, like it's all, all organic it's not gmo bullshit it's all like really good food like real food 
Yeah, I googled. I googled if they if con if the country um, fluoridates their water and they don't. Really? Because um, I was worried about the fluoride in the water and and yeah. they don't do it. Like the states does it. Like eight countries around the world or nine countries they do it, but Costa Rica doesn't do it. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm a big water person. I have filters everywhere in my house from the shower, the bathtub. The Good. Sink. Yeah, no, because of that shit. You gotta do it. Well, it's like a, it's basically just a byproduct that they were like, hey, we're just gonna dump it in the water to get rid of it instead of paying to. No, but they do that with everything. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. in this country, um, they, they're like, oh, this is chemical waste. What do we do? Oh, let's repackage it and make vegetable oil. And it's not <laughs> like, you know what's yeah. vegetable oil? oil oil is made from plants mm -hmm. like that plastic is is plant-based so anything can be repackaged and renamed as something that sounds wholesome and good but pretty much everything uh in our food is tainted by this chemical byproduct this yeah. chemical waste and and like for instance like i i uh i went to the gym out here in la yesterday because i'm visiting family i'm out here and i went to the gym and, you know, and I, I, I saw friends that I haven't seen in six months and they're like, you look like, and I was never fat. They're like, you look a little leaner, you look leaner. And I'm like, yeah, I'm eating the same thing, but it's, I feel like the food there's just cleaner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like even if you try to eat healthy in this country, you, you're kind of fucked. Also it's everything very broke. expensive, but that's, you're still absorbing so much of the bullshit that's out here. Like you said, in the water, like even in the milk, like even if you buy the best of the best, it's still not the same. Like when I would go visit family in Europe, we have a family farm there. I would actually eat more and lose weight. And, and yeah. I feel so much better. I'd be healthier. Like the milk alone, like I, mm -hmm. it was amazing. Just, you know, the chickens too would eat chicken. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, like well, my grandma would like go and like kill one for us right before she would make it. So it was that fresh, but like, that's you awesome. Tell, yeah. You could tell a difference. It, it was unbelievable. And I would come back like all tan and like, you know, healthy, yeah. like fresh. Yeah. And people were like, holy shit. Like, whoa, you look really good. And I'm like, I feel great. You know, I, I go, it's, it's so different. I haven't changed anything besides eat healthier in the food there. That was like literally grown on the family farm and, you know, be active and out in the yeah. sun, you know, but in the yeah, that's, that's, you just described my life in Costa Rica. My parents have a, a water Buffalo farm and we get raw milk delivered yeah. a couple times a week. It's really good. Yeah, and you feel powerful. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I miss those days. I can't wait to go back. Well, and then if you're eating like whatever the organic and healthy foods here, I mean, the way that our system is set up, it's like they only have to be what it's like a very small percentage of truthful in what's on yeah, the label. Yeah, like, yeah. this is this is organic, but that's only like 15 percent true or something. Yeah. And then you have to hear you have literally like all fruits and vegetables. I have to soak them, make sure none of the shit that they spray on is on there, you know, and you can do as much as you can, but it's stuff is still going to seep through. Yeah, they you know, can they can do bullshit like, well, we didn't spray anything on it, but the soil was treated before we grew it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you want to you want a life hack, Antoinette? Um, <laughs> vegetables are bullshit and you shouldn't eat them. Uh oh, I really, I really don't. You know, what? I know I believe you. I've like very few vegetables to, to be honest, but it's more fruits and stuff like that. That yeah, like, fruits are good. Yeah, but, yeah. But veggies, I don't really. Besides potatoes, you know, I like potatoes. I think. That's yeah, good. no, like 
I, I'll eat potatoes knowing that they're bullshit because I like them. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not a purist, but but to think that vegetables are healthy, that's a psyop. You've all been psyoped. It's not true. It's, it's filler. Like, so no, I believe you. I believe it's true. Yeah, like vegetables, if you if you eat them um and like as a replacement of like processed garbage, then yeah, it's better for you, but it's filler. That's all it is. We're yeah. we're we're hunter gatherers, mainly hunters, mm-hmm. and we didn't evolve eating vegetables. Um, they have de- defense chemicals in them that attack us and make us bloated and attack our joints yep. um, because they don't want to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> I just use lettuce to have something to put my like nuts and cheeses on when I have a steak next to it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. As yeah, like an a, like ornament. Meat, really yeah. meat, lamb, like really good organic beef. Like my parents would go like while we were in America, go to the farm way up north, buy a whole cow, like organic get it cut up by the butcher, have meat for like two years, you know, everything. That's awesome. Yeah. That's how we grew up. Cause we're like old school Albanian, you know, European style. My parents like to have good food cause that's how they grew up too. But yeah, we don't really eat much vegetables. We eat more meat. My husband's like on, on the, uh, what is it called? The carnivore diet for a while now. Oh, cool. He has felt, never felt better. He's like, he's got his gut issues have been resolved too. He has. Oh energy. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's vegetables powerful. do lead to a lot of those issues that uh, that that they have with their gut. It's just the uh, gases, and you know they say it cleans you out, but it winds up gumming up some of the other stuff as well. And like you know, Josh, you said just kind of like a filler to replace junk food. I guess they could use it as that, but yeah, when you get into like the that's the nutritional value of it, it's like you have to do such a combination of all the different vegetables to get anything yeah, relevant yeah. out of it. You might as well just eat some you know, chicken or, or steak or fish. And, uh, well, it's like all the big success stories. It's like, Oh, I went from eating exclusively from the taco, the hot tray at Seven Eleven to (laughs) eating vegetables and look how healthy I am now. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, obviously you're going to be healthier. Yeah. Yeah, of course I can't do vegan. I don't get, I mean, I, I give some people credit, like they've gotten really creative with some vegan dishes that I've tried. Like it's like vegan pizza. My husband brought home randomly (laughs) one day. I was like, weird. I was like, it actually tastes kind of good, but it's made of cauliflower. Ew. I'm like, I, I don't like, can't get down with this. So like, if I'm going to eat pizza, veganism I'm gonna eat pizza. is the gay of diets. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And a lot of people that are vegan that I know, like have had like mental issues after like mental health yeah. problems because they're, yeah, you're not getting the saturated fats you need for your brain. Exactly. Yep. Like you need raw, you, like, the also in the, I remember growing up in the nineties, you know, the low fat craze, like, Oh, low yeah. fat, low fat. No, you, you need to get full fat, everything, mm-hmm. yes. everything needs full fat and you need to chew the fat on your meat. All of that's so healthy. Exactly. Like uh, they say, they, you know, they say, give the fat of the meat to your babies. Cause it's good for, for their brain, but um, it's good for everyone's brains, not just for babies. Mm-hmm. Yep. My grandma used to be like, don't throw away the fat, you know, after they would like roast like a whole lamb. And she's like, dip your bread in there. And I'm like, nice. <laughs> my dog, like my dog likes the, my dog likes the scraps yeah, for my steaks. It's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> According to Josh, there aren't any scraps from the steaks. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he gets, he gets the treats. Oh, there you go. Josh, we saw that, uh, over the past 24 hours, it's been verified now that the laptop from hell was real. We all knew it. Yeah, we all felt it, and uh, for all I like of those, that transition, 
No, I mean, I, I want to get some takes from you because I know you cover like a lot of this yeah. stuff in addition to you do touch health. You, you interview a wide range of different people outside of the political spectrum, which is a little bit different to us. We bring in some people who yeah. are involved with nutrition, but I think you got, you'll probably have a pretty good take on this. You know, there's the whole election fraud thing, however you want to spin it, whether you want to blame it on machines or mail-in ballots or the Time article, which it was said, the ballots. Yeah, everybody yeah. collaborated in a big way. Um now there's this. This definitely affected, in some context, the outcome of the election. What do you think? Uh, just more collaboration from all the scumbags that are that are operating in D.C. The Uniparty. I mean, believe me, there was there was no Republicans that were coming out to Donald Trump's aid to try and get this out there after the New York Post article. Was no, killed. they 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 wanted him out. Yep. Um. And and the it's funny because I don't see that I don't view the New York Post as heavily right wing like to me it's kind of in the middle yeah. slightly right whatever i remember the day they got banned briefly for uh writing that article they were the only ones who really wrote about the the laptop from hell and they got banned not someone who writes for the new york post but the new york post itself <laughs> got banned from twitter which is crazy um i mean now, now i mean now it's not crazy because like they ban everyone for everything but when that happened, it seemed really crazy, especially right before an election that it's like obvious that everyone was colluding and doing everything in their power to help Biden. And and it was so obvious. And but like you pointed out and you're the crazy one. So I don't think look, I think that optics wise, it's really fucked up that they did that. Uh, but that's not what swayed the election at all, because um, if you come to the conclusion, which is the correct conclusion that the mail-in ballots is what did it. They yep. were just going to print however many ballots they needed, uh, which they had. The, they were they were doing this like up until the, the election day or even on election day. They were printing ballots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 ballot stuffing and all of that. So so the it's more of like an optics thing. Like to me, it's like a flex like that. They can really shut down the biggest story right before an election not only shut it down, but say, oh, it's not a big deal. It's he's, he's it's the president. It's yeah, it's it's like the VP's son. It has nothing to do with Biden, even though the big man was getting 50 percent. Um, so they can like lie to us in our face and they can do it about literally anything. It's this is not just the election. Like they do it about Corona. They do it about the vaccines. They do it about Ukraine. They do it about everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a flex like the, the fact that that Mark Zuckerberg had something to do with with uh, the election and uh, the amount of money he was putting into doing everything in his power to get Trump out of there. Um, and that is a non-story. That's a non-issue, but it's very well documented that he was involved. And then the Newsweek article after yeah. that. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that Newsweek article of how they fortified the election, like they, this Hi. was going to happen one way or another, like the, the Hunter Biden story is like one story on top of many and it, that like if, if that went out into the mainstream, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the election at all. But it is it is to me, it's hilarious how now they feel very comfortable because they're fortifying Ukraine that they can just say, <laughs> yeah, this is this is like what is happening, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. I think more than anything, it's kind of like they're flaunting it and throwing it on our face like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Oh, you're going to try to have a revolution. Well, you're going to be an insurrectionist and we're going to throw <laughs> you in jail. And no one in your in your side of the political spectrum is going to help you or back you up. And if they do their fringe. Yeah. 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 If you do anything, you say anything, we're just going to ruin you. And that's the end of that. <laughs> Congratulations. You're yeah. ruined. 
forever. Yeah. So it's a flex. Like what they're doing is a flex. It's a victory lap of many, many, many victory laps that they've had. And, um, you know, saying like, it, it does, it doesn't really feel good to me saying like, yeah, you see, we were right because we're not winning, you know, like, yeah. uh, but that's yeah. the thing. Like a lot of people on our side think that we're winning and think that there's something happening in play. Um, it's kind of hard to think we're winning when we have our borders completely open and millions of people are pouring in. You're being, you're being diluted every day. Like every day that the borders are open, your significance culturally and politically is being, um, erased, yeah. erased by the day. And, and, uh, we're not energy independent anymore. Our dollar is going to shit and they're, 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 um, you know, fully in control of everything and passing whatever the fuck they want. They're, they're giving billions to Ukraine while all we wanted was like $8 billion for a wall. Yep. You know, like, yes, yes, we're right. And we're right. We're always right. I tweeted something yesterday along the lines of, uh, we are always right. Um, but it doesn't really feel good considering we're not doing anything about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I feel you like obviously all those things a hundred percent and they're fucked up and they're terrible. But I also do think that there are good people behind the scenes trying their best, you know, I sure hope so. God, I mean, if not, then we're totally screwed. But regardless, if there is or isn't, we've got to take care of ourselves and do our own, you know, like, oh, oh that's that's. A hundred percent. That's why I talk to people about health, because if you're not in control of your life, if you're not in control of, of your health and your finances or anything like that, um, then you're the you're you're kind of like the redditors of the world. Like yeah. you're yeah. easy to control. <laughs> exactly. You're easy to control. And that's what that's how they want you. Why do you think they're pushing for us to live in pods and eat bugs and yeah. all of those and, and eat plant based or whatever that is? Um, it's because they want you to be easy to control. That's why porn is free when it's not. Right. That's why video games are pushed. That's why weed is now basically legal. They want you pacified and gay uh, because a strong, yeah. they want you a zombie. Uh, if we had real strong men, young men in this country, uh, they wouldn't be able to get away with what they're doing. Like they really wouldn't. Well, look at China, for example, right? They're genetically modifying their, their, their men to be more alpha and like men, real men, because I mean, their, their whole culture and society got screwed. You know, they, with that whole one China policy, one, one, uh, yeah. policy and, and with men and then there weren't enough women. And, but now they're, they're trying to be like what America used to be, you know, masculine, real men and whatnot. But at the same time, they're trying to demasculate our men and destroy us. You know, it, it's just, it's crazy. It's yeah, China's TikTok. China's TikTok is completely different from the United States version of TikTok. Oh, yeah. China, they they encourage you to, you know, be good upstanding and, you know, whatever. So they're 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 basically um socially engineering people through TikTok in a positive way and then they're socially engineering people in the United States to be complete degenerates, degenerates. or losers. And not only losers but want you to to clap for them for being losers, like want to celebrate them being losers. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make an excellent point there and, and probably are more over the target than most when it comes to that narrative. It's uh, pretty funny to see some of those Redditors who decided to go out into the real world and come out of the basement over the last few weeks, yeah. do some uh, video diaries from deep within inside the Ukrainian borders and <laughs> be really sad about their lives. They gave me an AK in five rounds and told me that's all my practice. <laughs> I had to hide yeah. in an ambulance to get out. Yep. Yeah. So, 
As, Don't you like how Russia is getting like everything is getting banned from Russia, like McDonald's, CNN, all all this like winning. Yeah. It's like and I was here? talking to my husband about it. I was like, this is like the best thing ever for Russia. They, you know, <laughs> they're going to be like one of the strongest, you know, best, healthiest countries in the world after this. shit. Yeah. And also, again, self-sustainable, like yeah, you're forcing exactly. Russia to be self-sustainable and not rely on the teat of globalism. Oh, my God, that's so horrible. Like you're making a stronger Russia. Yeah, and, exactly. and pushing them right into the arms of a embracing China. Yeah, you know, they're mortal enemies, but for some reason the past like five months or maybe more, uh, they've become really cozy with China. Yeah. I wonder why. Josh, this has been uh, pretty awesome having you join us today on the show. And uh, we'd, of course, like to have you back. But in addition to doing that, we'd like to direct as much traffic as we can of our listenership who may have enjoyed you coming on with us today to uh, jump on in with you and listen to the uh, wrong opinion moving forward. Can you uh, let our listenership know your social medias and then where they can listen to the podcast? Yeah. Uh, all my social medias are at Josh Lakash, uh, L-E-K-A-C-H. And that's like Instagram and Twitter. For some reason, I'm still allowed on there and mm -hmm. I say obscene things. Um, I'm surprised. And then, <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Honestly, I am too. Um, and patreon.com forward slash Rongo P for just three to $8 a month. You can help me feed Julian and make more Julians. Um, my goal is to have three more of him. We need more. And I'm not going to pay a woman for her womb to make them. I have my own woman <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, yeah, so, so it's really cheap three to $8. Also, it's not going up because of inflation. So really it's like a deal, the best deal ever. Uh, and I and I interview a lot of really cool people once in a while. So, uh, yeah, subscribe. And if you hate it, DM me and I'll refund you. You know what? Fuck it, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally down to come back. I I love this. This was great. And we'll have another awesome discussion next time you're on. This is the host of Wrong Opinion, Josh Cash. Thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you. Well, it was good uh, finally getting Josh on the show. I think it. Uh, didn't get to too much of the news with him, but I think sometimes having conversations outside of the uh, political spectrum is just as wholesome for the audience because it uh, gives a little perspective into what other people got going on, what they're interested in, what they're looking for. And I think it was still pretty quality content to uh, finally have him come and sit down with us. What do you guys think? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Josh is awesome. Yeah. He's got a really good uh, show going yeah. on there. And, and like he said, go out and, and give him a listen. I'm pretty sure you'll like it. Yeah, no, he's super based, and he's got great content. We are, unfortunately, after hearing Nancy Pelosi's awful <laughs> drunk Cranian accent. <laughs> drunk Cranian? Yes. <laughs> Have to kind of... What did she say? Slava Ukraina? Yeah. Slava, <laughs> Slava in these balls, though. <laughs> <laughs> Slava this margarita. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So, getting back into the news, and... Me having a hard time trying to figure out what the Russia, Ukraine, whatever it is. is. I don't even know what to think. No. I I, I mean, well, I know I know if certain people are saying it's one thing that I don't believe them because I can't imagine they're just magically going to be honest all of a sudden. But at the same time, there is probably some legitimacy of what's partially going on. Mm. I just don't well, know. I'm starting to see some video come out um, via Telegram because obviously it's hard to see any of this stuff on regular social media. Because it's uh, censored, uh, Ukrainians are actually coming out and saying that the Azov Battalion are the ones that have been shelling and shooting at citizens of um, Ukraine. Yeah, of Ukraine. Uh, so there was like a group of people, and you could tell that they were—they've just been through it. 
since the 26th, they were in a basement with children, 300 of them, the, uh, the Azov's Nazis or whatever the hell you want to call them, um, wouldn't let them leave. The Russians actually helped them liberate them from their situation. There was sex since the 26th in a basement with nothing. Yep. Children, old people. I mean, come on, man. And they, they legitimately said that they were shooting civilians and blaming it on the Russians. And the Russians were the ones that actually ended up saving them. Yeah, I've seen some of those videos and testimonies of people finally crossing the border. And uh, yeah. yep. uh, as much as I don't like to say it, it was actually Jack Posobiec's been the only one that's been covering it in a kind of legacy media, whatever, yeah. you, want, whatever you want to call it is that he does. Yeah. I didn't see his stuff yet. Working yeah. within the uh, apparatus of... The apparatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, on to the news. President Zelensky up on the big screen. I saw a really good meme montage the other day. They actually played the scene from 1984. Zelensky talking at the same time and <laughs> Emperor Palpatine addressing the Intergalactic Senate Ooh. in Star Wars <laughs> Episode 3 at the same time. And they all synced up pretty. <laughs> yes. And it's like for any of you who, who fail to recognize the fact that we are literally living through a fucking movie with horrible actors. It's literally a movie. This. Yeah. So... Let's hear him through a translator make his appeal to the uh, Congress of the United States. We are asking for a reply, for an answer uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for to create a no-fly zone, zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, uh, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities. If this is too much to ask, we offer an alternative. You know what kind of defense systems we need, S-300 and other similar systems. You know how much depends on the battlefield, on the ability to use aircraft, powerful, strong air uh, aviation to protect our people, our freedom, our land, aircraft that can help Ukraine, help Europe. And you know help that me help you. they exist and you have them. Okay. They One exist. more horrible translator too. Yes. What? You want more shit so you can kill more of your own people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. How about no? Yeah. Yeah, so the no-fly zone, that would be us shooting down somebody who's got nukes and they would then, I mean, we're far enough away if we got nuked, it wouldn't bother them. Until we nuked back. Right. And then right. just. Uh, there wouldn't be much of a world left at that point. I mean, yeah. Like, and that's the thing with quote unquote nuclear war. It, nobody, nobody, no, nobody wants to do it. But if it happens, everybody has to go all in because it's like literally like <laughs> Dr. Strange love that movie. Yeah. It's just like, well, you know, they fired theirs, so we better fire ours because, you know, we don't want them to. Nobody's nuking anybody. Emerge, emerge from the ashes. You know, there'd be a, a mine shaft gap. <laughs> <laughs> Zelensky wasn't done there. Oh, good. And, and you're probably going to be surprised after some of these comments. Um, I was confused by what he accused Joe Biden of being. We could send him some assless chaps, maybe. Mm. <laughs> the President Biden, you are the leader of the nation. Yeah. Of your great nation. Yeah. 
I wish you to be the leader of the world. Oh, God. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. <laughs> Glory to Ukraine. Oh, my word. This is how cringe I can't. Yeah. I just can't. <laughs> he used his big boy so voice for that one. <laughs> Wasn't reenacting any Beyonce videos. I wish somebody hacked the screen and played his music video <laughs> during the Congress. Well, there's been a lot of memes of that. You know how good our meme makers are. I know. I just saw a few right now. Um Somebody posted a screenshot of uh, that music video where he's like, they're grabbing each other's ass. <laughs> yeah. Talk in high heels. I'm like, this can't be real. It has to be a movie. Yeah. Uh, You're all like, please be a deep fake. Please be. Oh, no, it's not. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just really crazy that, you know, we would even. Yeah. Why would it even be in Congress, addressing Congress? It, it's, it's insane. What is this? Yeah, to entertain that. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Well, and then the montage videos and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I didn't watch. I feel it like I feel like somebody on our end supplied a lot of this this stuff. Like, hey, we'll edit all this shit for you. What well, you're saying there were monta- there was a montage video. Yeah, there was a montage of uh, you know Ukraine, how it was. Oh, how it okay. is now, you know, people that, you know, bombed out areas and oh, kind know, of like, footage. Sh- like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it was that bad that you're like, there's no way that no, I, I'm just saying like, I mean, you figure that country's got better things to do than have their graphic designers making a movie montage. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I have to see it then. But yeah, so I do believe that there's people on our side that are inside doing certain things. <laughs> I like writing Kamala Harris's speeches. <laughs> yeah. Or not writing them. <laughs> not writing, exactly. Joe Biden, who did not attend the event, but would set a 1 p.m. deadline to, well, not deadline, announcement to make a speech, a reply. Why wouldn't he show up to the event? Good question. I have no idea. Probably because he couldn't sit there that long. However, he did show up a whopping 77 minutes late. for what? his Yeah, for his reply to President Zelensky. And when he... Did show up. It was going to be a whole lot of nose across the board. Uh, you're going to have to hear it to kind of wrap your brain around it. President Zelensky's call for more help, more weapons for Ukraine to defend itself, more tools you? to fight Russian aggression. And that's what we're doing. Mm. In fact, we started our assistance to Ukraine before this war began as they started to do exercises along the Ukrainian border, the Russians, starting in March of last year. He's flanked by general we pronouns. We took the threat of Putin invading very seriously. And we acted on it. We sent Ukraine more security assistance last year, $650 million in weapons, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment, before the invasion. More than we had ever provided before. So when the invasion began, they already had in their hands the kinds of weapons they needed to counter Russian advances. False. And once the war started, we immediately rushed $350 million in additional aid to further address their needs. And 500 Hundreds of anti-air polish. systems, thousands of anti-tank weapons, <laughs> transport helicopters, armed patrol boats, and other high-mobility vehicles, radar systems that help track incoming artillery and unmanned drones, secure communications equipment, and tactical gear. 
satellite imagery and, 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 and analysis capacity. Here we go. And it's clearly helped Ukraine inflict dramatic losses on Russian forces. Lies. On Saturday, my administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to activate an additional security assistance to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault. An additional $800 million in assistance. Oh. That brings the total of new U.S. security assistance to Ukraine to $1 billion just this week. These are direct transfers of equipment from our Department of Defense to the Ukrainian military to help them as they fight against this invasion. And I thank the Congress for appropriating these funds. This new package, on its own, is going to provide unprecedented assistance to Ukraine. It includes 800 anti-aircraft systems to make sure the Ukrainian military can continue, to, can continue to stop the planes and helicopters that have been attacking their people and to defend their Ukrainian airspace. And at the request of President Zelensky, we have identified and are helping Ukraine acquire additional longer-range anti-aircraft systems and the munitions for those systems. Our new assistance package oh. also includes 9,000 anti-armor systems. It'll include 7,000 small arms, machine guns, shotguns, grenade launchers to equip the Ukrainians, including the brave women and men who are defending their cities as civilians and they're on the countryside as well. Oh, that's good. And as well as the ammunition, artillery, and mortar rounds to go with small arms, 20 million rounds in total. 20 million. <sighs> I fell asleep almost. It's a lot of shit. Yeah. Like I started tuning him out. It mm. just. <laughs> can, can our ammo prices go down too? It's yeah, like 20 please. million rounds. Jack. Cause I'm about to start making my own. <laughs> nice. It's a good hobby. I heard it's fun. It's not that hard. Well, that was that. Yeah. Sad as it sounds. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you have to understand, okay, so thirteen point six billion for Ukraine in the omnibus bill. That was like a week ago. Zero for our border security. It's it, well it's obviously for a reason, you know, they don't care about the border because they've been wanting the border open and overrun. On Monday of this week, an additional two hundred million. <sighs> And then yesterday, an additional $800 million. Where are they uh, getting all this money? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, us and, like, our taxes and, and, you know, this bullshit inflation, whatever. Well, that's all it is. I mean, the, uh, the hard equipment is subsidized into that now $1 billion that we've added this week on top of the $13.6 million we pledged last week in our government funding bill. But, yes, a lot of the physical money that's going to go over there is coming right out of our pocket. Yeah. Unprinted, never ending. And going in compares. I mean, yeah, they didn't they increase their uh salary by twenty one percent themselves? Mm, like it seems to uh, beat the rate of inflation. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Noah? Mm. <laughs> Ted Cruz took to the uh legacy media to offer a, a reply and response. Is he wearing what an activewear? No, he was he was suit and tie. No, that's a shame. He wasn't sports Ted. He was lying Ted. <laughs> Let's hear him jump in here. 
because it's such a specious argument yeah. to say that fighter jets are an offensive weapon versus a defensive weapon in the in the form of a, a fire and forget missile. Yeah. They are. You know, if you use those fighter jets within the confines of your own border, it's a wholly defensive weapon. It, that, that that is absolutely right. Look, if you look at a Stinger, a Stinger is, is a missile that's fired up to take out an aircraft. They're very effective. Right now, the Ukrainians are using Stingers to take out Russian aircraft. If you look at a Javelin, a Javelin is principally an anti-tank weapon that goes up, comes down on the top of the tank, blows it up. They're right now killing Russian soldiers using Stingers and Javelins. There's no meaningful distinction between that and a MiG. And when it comes to offensive or defensive, listen, no one on earth is suggesting Ukraine wants to invade Russia. They're, they don't have, they're not marching on Moscow. They're telling the soldiers, stop murdering our civilians and get the hell out of our country. That is, by definition, defensive. But, but the problem, John, look, what got us in this mess is Biden is scared of Putin. He's scared to stand up to Putin. The first meeting Biden had with Putin, Putin's number one foreign policy objective is he wanted to build Nord Stream 2. And the reason he wanted to build Nord Stream 2 is the instant it was complete, he could invade Ukraine because he no longer needed the pipelines in Ukraine once Nord Stream 2 was done. What did Biden do? He started out by surrendering to Russia and saying, here, you can have Nord Stream 2. That weakness got us where we are, and that weakness is also why, right now, uh, Biden won't give the MiGs to Russia. And by the way, on the Iran deal, you mentioned this at the top of the show. Oh, the IRGC and thinking about delisting them. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of the Iran deal, the Iran deal is another cataclysmic surrender to our enemies. Just yesterday, the news broke that part of the concessions Biden is making is to exempt Russia from Russia sanctions in Iran for $10 billion for nuclear work. So it's basically, yep. while we're theoretically sanctioning Russia and Putin, Joe Biden is giving a $10 billion subsidy to Russia and Putin. It makes no sense at all. And it's frankly what, why Putin is, is, is laughing at the White House. That's something that we've been talking about for two weeks now. I was going to mention that earlier, too, because I saw the article yesterday. I was like, oh, that's so funny. He's going to lift the sanctions for this $10 billion deal against oh. Russia. It just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. You know, it doesn't make sense either. Mm. Probably what Joe Biden said to uh, CCP President Xi Jinping today when they had a uh, Zoom meeting. <laughs> what did he say? They spoke via the phone. Mm -hmm. I could only imagine. Jin Saki yeah. was... Uh, Can we get a FOIA request for the... Uh, transcript? Transcript. File it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's hear what uh, she had to say when uh, was asked about the uh, content of the phone call. Um, under the president's call this morning with President Xi, um, does the White House now have a sense of whether or not China uh, has decided whether to assist Russia backfill its supplies and fulfill its request for material in support of its invasion in Ukraine? Well, I'm not going to give an assessment of that from here. What hmm. I can tell you is that the majority of this call, as I think you heard, you saw in the readout, and you heard, I think, on the call we just did, uh, but was focused on uh, Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the president spent, the vast majority of the nearly two hours was spent oh, with God. the president outlining the views of the United States and our allies and partners on this crisis, including a detailed overview of efforts to prevent and then respond to the invasion, how we got here, steps we've taken, where, where we've gone and why. 
Um, and uh, of course, as uh, was also noted in the readout, but let me just reiterate, uh, he also uh, conveyed uh, and, the, and described the implications and consequences if China provides material support to Russia. But again, I'm not going to provide any additional assessment from here. Did she say anything? Nothing. Nothing, right? There was no content there. Nothing. I'm like trying, I'm trying to listen. I'm like, but she's not saying anything. <laughs> Get to the point. Get to the fucking point. There wasn't one. That was that's the sad part. Well, oh. circling back, mm. not her. Ted Cruz, okay, was ready to back and come out against. So apparently, he's our Noah. You're failing as our foreign policy expert. So Ted, <laughs> Ted Cruz is filling in for you this week. Uh, he he wanted to talk about you know forecasting just how bad this phone call with China probably was. Let's hear him weigh in on it. The Biden foreign policy is a disaster across the globe. I could have said that. Afghanistan is a disaster. Russia is a disaster. Ukraine's a disaster. China's a disaster. But there may be no part of the globe more dangerous in the Biden foreign policy than Iran. From the first days of this administration, the Biden foreign policy team set as its top foreign policy goal to negotiate a brand new nuclear agreement with Iran. The Obama nuclear agreement was catastrophically dangerous. And President Biden wants nothing more than to re-enter a deal that is even worse than the Obama deal. That's pallets of cash version 2.0. Yep. We need to stop printing cash. But we're giving $10 billion to the Russians because we're oh. sanctioning them. And now they're building nuclear reactors in Iran. Makes total mm. sense. And they're using cryptocurrency to skirt around all that bullshit, too. Yep. Good for them. No, oh, why you look so sad? <laughs> I saw something the other day, and it was talking about, like, the amount of money that we've given Ukraine and that part of the world over the last, you know, X amount of time. And it was basically like we could have given, I think it was the 100,000 ballpark U.S.-based businesses, small businesses, owner-operatorships. Yeah. Could have given them, what, like $100,000 each to restart their businesses or more. Sounds like that's America first, though. America fucking first. We are America last currently. How dare you? The royal we, not we. Mm. Let me stick my nose up a little bit higher. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. America last hasn't. All this money they've spent just in Ukraine could like practically end world hunger. (laughs) You know, it's a joke. I mean, if if they don't want to use that, then we've got a lot of pay-per-view ideas. I mean, Elon Musk probably threw out the best one. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know what's funny? You, You want to hear a continuation of that? So this is where it went. So Elon Musk proposed it and then... The top general of the Chechen forces said, you're fucking crazy. Vladimir Putin would kill you. And then, of course, you know, this whole timeline is controlled by the Redditors. So what happened was people went and found pictures of this Russian, or I'm sorry, Chechen general, full body. And he's walking with like his other subordinates. And the next thing you know, I see all these pictures of fucking like his feet all over the Internet. It booted feet. 
But apparently he's a tiny guy and he wears these massive platform boots. So I saw like pictures. Oh, they had- oh I think I know what you're talking about. And then his his actual boots are like. They're like Frankenstein shoes. Yeah, but they're an identical copy of these Prada boots I saw at the boutique that I was like looking at. <laughs> So they had like a full body shot and then the middle part of the meme was like the the yellow circle around his shoes and then it was like where you could buy it on the internet and it showed that it had like literally a three inch tactical heel on the bottom of it. No, they're legit. They're real. Yeah. (laughs) Tactical lifts. So yeah, he he had the the De Niro specials on. Ooh. Those should hurt though if you get kicked by them. I don't think Chechens do a whole lot of kicking. They do a whole lot of other bad things. War criming? Yeah. Genociding. I hate to laugh. I don't say where they, like they were making fun of him for the boots, but do they think that he that, that guy is like any less dangerous because he's short and wearing them? Oh no, I'm sure he's like a spider monkey in hand to hand combat. Yeah, though he actually probably has to take him off and go barefoot for it to be fair. True. Speaking of uh war criminals, former Susan Rice staffer Ooh. Tony Blinken was talking about well, he was hypothesizing what down the road looked like. I don't really like it because it kind of falls in line with uh, some of the things that we've heard morons like Lindsey Graham. Is it a post-apocalyptic wasteland? Secretary, there is, uh, this department is confirming that an American has died in Ukraine Mm. today. So I'm wondering if you can share any more with us about the circumstances, about who that person is, um, and if there will be specific consequences for Russia because an American died. Mm. Um, And then second, earlier this week, you said on CNN that one way or another, Ukraine will be there, and at some point, Putin won't. But we're watching every day, Ukrainians are getting killed, their cities are being demolished. So how can you be so confident to say something like that? And are you suggesting that Putin should be removed as the leader of Russia? Thank you. Uh, Kali, first, with regard to uh, the American citizen, I can confirm that an American citizen was killed. I don't have any more details uh, for you than that. Uh, but I can confirm that. Um, second, it is, I think, not only clear to me, but clear to the world that an independent Ukraine will be there long after Vladimir Putin. Mm. And it's also uh, clear that this could horrifically go on for some time. But when all is said and done, uh, an independent Ukraine will be there, and at some point Vladimir Putin will not. <laughs> the real question is how much death and destruction uh, is going to occur in the meantime. Probably we're doing everything we can uh, to bring this war perpetrated by Russia uh, to the quickest possible end. That's where the support for Ukraine comes in. That's where the pressure on Russia comes in. That's where the uh, work, the coordination uh, that we're doing with countries around the world uh, comes in. Uh, but I think the world has seen this. The world has seen the absolute determination of the Ukrainian people to hold on to their country, to hold on to their future, to hold on to their freedom. And there is nothing that um, Vladimir Putin can do to subjugate that to his will. But uh, as I said, this could go on for for some time, and we're going to continue to work to bring it to an end as quickly as we can. Contradicting himself all the long day. Did he really just say the independent Ukraine and Vladimir yeah. Putin not being wrong around two different ways, but flipped it the opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a Kamala speech. 
Yeah. And like, you know, they're lifting sanctions for this $10 billion deal too, you know, but yeah. Okay. He would, uh, every, every second they get, it's just like, it's hard to keep up with all the bullshit to be honest. Well, that's why people aren't uh, more active and invested in this because yeah, they're watching CNN and everything's, well, everything's, everything's bad, but everything's fine at the same time. Yeah. He would go on to talk about Vladimir Putin being considered a war criminal at this point, to which Jen Psaki would reiterate the fact that that's the opinion of the White House because Joe Biden got caught in a hot mic moment. Somebody like was busting his ball so bad after a speech the other day and we're like, can you just tell us what you think about Putin? And he's like, hey, listen here, Jack, the guy's a war criminal. And if I had the opportunity, he, I'd try him as one. And they're like, so you're saying he's a war criminal? And he just like turned around and walked away. So then all of the idiots that go out and fucking talk during the day had to clean up his Address. mess that he made. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that, that you know, seems to be centering around this, they're still volleying back and forth the fucking airplanes. And uh, the press is starting to get a little fed up with it. Jen Psaki got hit actually in real time right now about it. Let's hear it. Semantics uh, in terms of how we're classifying some of these weapon systems. And obviously the president's gotten some criticism from both sides of the aisle for even when he takes action sometimes doing it after there's been a lot of political pressure, uh, for instance, on imposing the sanctions, on sending the really bad with javelins, those press on lights. banning Russian oil. So if there's any chance that the U.S. is going to facilitate the transfer of MiGs in some way, why not just do it now? Well, I think we've outlined pretty clearly why we've made the decision not to do that, Yet. including the fact that they have multiple squadrons of planes that they can utilize, and the fact that, most importantly, the types of assistance that we've been providing, um, anti-armor, anti-tank, anti-missiles, is what is effective in fighting this war on the ground. That is why we've provided that assistance. None of the weapons we've sent to Ukraine could be used to launch an invasion of another of a country like Russia. That's a fact. That's why we call them defensive weapons. That's why the Defense Department calls them defensive offensive weapons and i would remind everybody that they are the country that are under attack so i'm laughing on the inside in approximately 88 billion dollars in invadable equipment left in afghanistan mm. if that's really the reason that they're justifying it right there their foreign policy just went from holy fucking shit to whatever is past that they don't want to leave invadable weapons over there like ukraine's just going to start invading everybody now if we give them planes to defend themselves which we shouldn't be doing in the first place but it's just you have to go down this line of rhetoric if this is the stuff that's literally coming out of our government's mouth. It, I mean, it, it only needs to make sense in the moment to people who are susceptible to listening to whatever they say as truth. Because anything beyond that is ludicrous. <sighs> Unfortunately, he just couldn't get off of it. Lindsey Graham wanted to give some commentary on President Zelensky and Joe Biden's comments yesterday. You think he's going to double or triple down on uh, unprovoked assassinations? Probably. Bet your bottom, whatever the value of the dollar is right now. Hmm? Yeah, I, I hope he'll be taken out <laughs> one way or the other. I don't care how they take him out. I don't care if we send him to The Hague and uh, try him. I just want him to go. Yes, oh. I'm on record. Please understand, Senator Lindsey Graham, if John McCain were here, Mm. And he'd be saying the same thing, I think. Poor choice it's of words, time for my him friends. to go. He's a war criminal. <laughs> I wish somebody had taken Hitler out into the So, yes, that Vladimir Putin is not a legitimate leader. 
He is a war criminal. He needs to, needs to be dealt with. Hmm. Sounds like they're trying to provoke Putin because I don't know. He's really played a cool hand in this because if some of the yeah. reports on loss of soldiers and method of loss, which is via U.S. weapons, yeah. are accurate, and I'm hearing it could be between seven and 13,000 troops, I'm not even going to fucking hitch my wagon to that number because they could be coming exclusively from Reddit. But I yeah. have seen three of the four generals that have gotten killed on the ground. I've seen their bodies online. I, I go and look for the receipts, and I've seen them. Russian generals? Yeah. Okay. So it's it's just one of those things. At some point, you're gonna keep fucking provoking this guy, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, leader. It was a it was another javelin. It was another surface to air missile. You know that killed a whole bunch of people that that were you know having in the military right now. It's just not not a good thing. All those U.S. weapons and well, I think that's what they want because then this narrative that they've created then gets you know validated, right? But I think that Putin is Putin's way more smart than any of these people. For yeah. one, he knows their tactics. He knows what they're going to try to do. They, he knows that they're going to, going to try to provoke him. Obviously, if Putin was really a war criminal and killing people, civilians, you know, not giving a shit at all where he, where they like, you know, aim. I, I mean, it'd be a lot worse. Like this guy is being very calculated, very careful. I don't know. I, I don't see him doing anything drastic or like irrational, but I, I see them trying to set him up to, to, to try to, I don't know. If that makes I, sense. I think, I think the cool hand's going to prevail. It's sad to say that it's going to come from Vladimir Putin, but yeah, you know how, right. how over the last couple of weeks we've seen like those protests they have going on in Russia of like all the, you know, vagina hat wearing pronoun having people out they saying, all oh. like inserted. They're like the BLM fucking feminazis that are, that we have here and shit. Well, in in smaller places like Iraq, you know, Saddam Hussein used to send his secret police around to neighborhoods where he was going to go speak and they'd bust down people's doors and beat them with belts and tell them to get out in the streets and cheer for him when he came. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, that's true. <laughs> it's pretty hard to reciprocate that in Russia today because at the Olympic complex in Moscow, three quarters of a million people went out and saw Vladimir Putin speak on stage there. I watched it on the way over here. It was mm. pretty intimidating to watch that many people. Um, yeah, supporting. It was on Twitter this morning, and I was watching the live stream. And oh, I mean, who's to say, you know, they weren't for, forced in there, too, you know? Three, never know. Three quarters Are of you saying you're people? saying supporting, supportive people or, like— Supporting. Uh, or just people okay, present. Okay, I thought you were. I thought you were mentioning that. Yeah. Like, so for for the for the some of the narrative that's getting thrown around, like he doesn't have control in his country anymore, and he's like recluse in some mountain complex, and like his own no. family doesn't oh, even want to yeah, be around yeah. him. You know, they're kind of painting this whole narrative. He came out like a real. They're well, trying was, to make him be like a kook. Yeah, like a movie supervillain <laughs> today. They're they're literally trying to paint him as Hitler. Like it. it, it they've even teased Parkinson's. I've heard people like. You I know, heard that. I laughed so hard when I heard the Parkinson's thing. I was like, this guy. There's no chance in hell. People like will, will well, we're gonna have to have Michael J. Fox pay per view match then. <laughs> Stop. There'll be a lot of slapping <laughs> and missing. But no, well, people gonna say the same shit about Trump. Everything they said about Trump, the whole playbook, smear tactics, all that. That's the exact same shit they're doing to Putin. Yeah, you know? I've even seen people like screen record speeches that Putin's given, and when they screen record it, they'll use like a filter that blurs out 
like the bottom third of it. So it looks like his hands are like rubber. And then that'll be like the caption, like, look, he's wow. so fucked up. They won't even let him put his hands on the desk. His hands aren't moving. And it's just like, you could obviously see there's a filter applied there because it's like inching up the corners of the sides. And I'm like, guys, come on, let's just kind of at least get the real narrative instead of trying to make up shit on top of the shit that we're already getting fed from our own government and everybody else in the international community. The majority of Russia loves Putin. They appreciate Putin for what he is and what he's done for their country. I even know family in other countries in Europe who can testify as well, because obviously, you know, Europe, Russia is very close to these other countries in Europe. Like we talked in a previous episode, like you can drive to Russia and then, you know, it's not that far. They're not that far from each other, but it's not what it's not true. It's not what people or the media is portraying it out to be like at all no i agree with you there and uh you know speaking of cooler heads prevailing i saw uh, laura logan on real america's voice yesterday morning uh she was given a hot take on this whole situation if anybody's going to be able to give like a third party completely unbiased perspective of it that has no real agenda because her political affiliations aren't lined up with anything in the united states it's probably going to be her so let's hear her weigh in on the entirety of it we have such a selective and a narrow reading of history. You know, President Zelensky may be Jewish, but he's not the only one in this who suffered during the Second World War, whose ancestors suffered, right? I mean, look at Putin. How many relatives did he lose in the siege of St. Petersburg? People don't know their history. They don't know what made Vladimir Putin. And I'm not a defend, you know, I'm not defending him. I don't need to defend Vladimir Putin. Putin. My job as a journalist is to try to understand what is the truth here. I don't like being lied to. And we're being mm -hmm. lied to on an epic scale. Mm -hmm. When we're told your only choices, you have to be 100% with Zelensky, who's a puppet, who you can find on the internet in black stilettos and leather pants, <laughs> you know, with shirtless, doing a spoof, dancing with the stars kind of entertainment video. That's a mock of a Ukrainian group that does this kind of satanic occult type of uh, music video. Ooh, I like and it. I mean, Zelensky was selected, like so many of our leaders. And honestly, with, with big tech, and with election fraud these days, we don't know how many leaders all around the world have been yeah. selected for us and weren't actually voted in. But what we do know is that there are increasing problems with technology and the digitization of our world. Because we, look at what's happening with COVID. Look at what has happened globally. We are fighting the same battles all over the world. To pretend that this war is about Russia and Ukraine is a just a barefaced lie. Yeah. If Putin has been warning for 15 years that he is not going to stand by while the globalists take over the world, build bioweapons facilities and whatever else they're doing in Ukraine. There it Ukrainian is. Ukrainian oligarchs. Yeah. Ukraine has been a center of money laundering for, you know, many of the leaders in this country for how long? Billions of U.S. dollars have been laundered through Ukraine, and we say nothing about it. These are our tax dollars. I mean, before the impeachment trial, had you ever heard of anyone in the United States, I mean, us bringing in foreign governments to the White House for anti-corruption right. training. I mean, does nobody question these things? Why do we not question them? We have an well, idiot uh, like Lieutenant Colonel Vindman <laughs> who goes at the impeachment trial and sits there as a lieutenant colonel. He didn't even... Well... I like her a lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's pretty solid. That's about as well... Hey, listen, if, if anybody could fill in for me, no, you'd probably appreciate it a whole lot more because... You know, she's a little bit of smoking. You know, I'm not. So, but I mean, that's almost the same narrative. We've we've covered every single one of those fucking topics, all the way from Vinman 
and, yep. and letting our listenership know that not only was that piece of shit there for uh, impeachment volume two, but his brother was a high-ranking Capitol Hill lawyer that uh, <laughs> helped out with that whole impeachment campaign. And then all the stuff going on with Zelensky being, you know, basically like a, a, a big tech plant and, and all the money laundering and bad things that have been going on in that country forever. Yep. It's, it's almost, you know, inexplicable to not think there has to be another side of this coin than what we're being told. Clearly, you know, like you, you have to be really retarded to not see it. Oh, I got really oh. retarded for you. I don't know if you guys heard yesterday, but up on Capitol Hill and at the conclusion of all this narrative we've painted for you now in the I don't even know what to call Russia and Ukraine anymore segment, there was poetry <laughs> reading. What? Did you hear about it, Noah? I did not. Hmm. Are, poetry. You, are you familiar with the uh, the oh, yeah. uh, international recording star Bono? No, stop it. He's <laughs> only when he makes a incursion into my iPhone. That's hate when that happens. So apparently, him and Big Nance are buds, and he uh, he texted her a poem. Oh, stop it! About Ukraine. Stop. Don't worry, we're only going to play a portion of it because. I think the only other person that could narrate it and comment on it better than us is Tucky. He destroyed her. Let's hear it. God love it. So the war in Ukraine grinds on many atrocities. You watch them on television all day long. The civilian population besieged. Thousands running for their lives are killed. The United States planning to send more armaments to the Ukrainian military. Mm -hmm. No assurance that will end the killing. <laughs> So into this sad maelstrom strides Nancy Pelosi, who we told you last night is, among many other things, a military strategist. Today, she may have unveiled the most powerful weapon in her armament, which she's sending directly to Ukraine. No, it's not a missile. It's not an anti-tank stinger. It's not a MiG. It's a poem <laughs> by Bono of U2. Listen. I got this message this morning from Bono. And, and most of us, we're always, whether we're in Ireland or here, whatever it is, what? Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. Oh, St. Patrick, Patrick's Day lunch. he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not, all it, that's not all it takes. They struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. <laughs> yeah. So Stop let's it. say you knew Bono. Let's say he was like a friend of yours. You'd seen him at events. And he texted you a poem that he'd written on St. Patrick's Day. What would you do with that poem? Well, you'd probably read it to your spouse or maybe forward it to your kids. Just kind of brag like Bono texted me his poem. What you would not do is read it in public in deadly seriousness unless you had your head so far up your own butt that you had no idea where you were, in which case you'd pull it out and read it like you just ended the war. You and Bono. Thanks, Nancy. Dude, I, I was hoping he'd say ass. <laughs> what if she pulled out an acoustic guitar and started playing with or without you? Just, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, with or without glue we're talking about our dentures no you seem to be our foreign music <laughs> policy expert how do you rate that one? Oh wow it's up there yeah i mean the only the only person that could potentially 
come up with something that good would be Kamala Harris at this point. They always make fun of the snake poem by uh, Donald Trump, but there she was reading poems about snakes. <sighs> well, in our last piece, not audio clip, I'm going to read it. There was a statement put out yesterday by the uh, senatorial campaign of former Navy SEAL Eric Greitens. And uh, we're talking about cooler heads prevailing here and giving you guys the other side of the coin that needs to be painted in this narrative that the you know, mainstream and legacy media keeps feeding to us. Former Missouri Governor and Navy SEAL Eric Greitens released the following statement in response to those calling for an escalation of war with Russia. The Democrats, establishment rhinos, and journalists who want to establish a no-fly zone in Ukraine should be truthful about what the ramifications of that might be. Many of them do not understand what a no-fly zone is or they're lying about what war means. It means war with Russia, war with Putin, and spoiler alert, he has 6,000 nuclear weapons. The warmongers want to put us into war while, be, while we are being led by the same illegitimate, senile man, Joe Biden, who led us into the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal. Spicy. Biden did not know how to get civilians out of Afghanistan. He did not know how to hold on to our strategic air base. He did not know how to ship out or destroy weapons before we left. Biden can barely walk to the podium. Now anyone who wants him to walk a nuclear tightrope in regards to a war with Russia. Disastrous mistakes would be guaranteed. Those mistakes will lead to more death, more misery, more refugees. Democrat rhinos in the media have now resorted to blaming the war in Ukraine for Democrat disastrous policies that have given us skyrocketing gas prices and inflation, inflicting misery on most Americans. They seek to distract from the disastrous open border policy, supply chain breakdown, and defund the police movement here at home. To all of the Democrat, rhinos, and journalists begging for war, I have one question. When are you going? Anyone can grab a rifle and fly to the front lines of, the Ru of Russia for a few weeks. Come back and then tell Americans why they should jeopardize their own safety for a war that does not directly serve our national interests. Signed, Eric Reitens. Yeah. Yep. Seems pretty reasonable. I mean. Very well said and common sense. <laughs> it seems like some of the people that have flown over there having a... Uh, Poor Yelp review of their time. Are you talking about all our friends from the Reddit verse? <laughs> no, I mean the the videos you see of the the guy that said they had to escape and like they were getting threatened to sh get shot in the back. Mm -hmm. And anybody who is showing up at the border trying to escape with all the refugees, wearing, they're taking back right. Well, they're where if you have any sort of military gear or yeah patches kit, or anything. Ooh, kit. Like they it. were returning home back. <laughs> so USA Today did a journalism. They did a journalism? It's very rare. Mm. Few and far between. Almost 60% of all Americans polled. No specifics given for political party. Supported a no-fly zone. Until they were told what a no-fly zone is. Yeah, what it actually means. <laughs> Final results? 11% supported it. So that's kind of where we're at. See, here's the thing. People don't know what the hell. Yeah, no-fly zone just sounds innocuous. Like, oh, nobody's allowed to yeah. fly there. That's perfect. They can't yeah. drop bombs. It's like, well, how do you think they accomplish said no-fly zone? Exactly. And what happens when there is a no-fly zone? It's, like, it's not like your electric dog collar where, like, the, <laughs> the, the planes are just, like, <laughs> bouncing off this invisible area, you know? Right. That's only in the video game footage that they show oh, yeah. <laughs> as actual war footage. Well, you want to know what? Who's probably going to be able to paint a better picture for us is our next guest who's getting ready to jump in the chat. 
Uh, he's running a America First campaign in Virginia, and he will be joining us for the first time. So as his audio is keying up, we'll let him in. All right, joining us next on the show on this Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast, he is a husband, father, tattoo artist, minister, Air Force Special Operations combat veteran, and an America First candidate running for Congress in Virginia, too. Tommy Allman, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast today. And thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. And we know you're uh, really busy with the campaign in addition all the other stuff I just let our listenership know that you uh, are involved in uh, to take some time out and, and let our listenership hear what you're all about. How's everything going with you? Oh, it's going great, man. Honestly, this is uh, this honestly is the honor of my lifetime. Uh, I'm born and raised here in this district. Uh, so just to be able to go around and and earn the right, uh, earn the to be able to represent people here, uh, it's just it's such an honor. Um you know, a lot of people talk about the running for office and, oh, you know, this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, but they're, most of the people aren't even from the districts that they're trying to run in, you know. And so um, understanding, you know, for me anyway, uh, the areas that used to be cornfields and now all of a sudden there are Walmarts and how that impacted the community. Um, and it just makes such a big difference when you're talking to people. You, they understand, uh, you know, the old restaurants, that, you know, the, the greasy spoons that you used to eat at and everything else. Uh, you know, it's, it's just such a good time. Uh, I've enjoyed being able to catch up with people. And, um, and honestly, man, it's, uh, and we're just at such a weird spot in our country's yeah. history right now that, uh, there's never been a time that's, that's more important than now. I mean, I didn't want to be a politician. I say it all the time. You know, I didn't want to be a politician. Politics invaded my life. You know, when it shut down my, my business, our churches, our schools, you know, at a time when we needed community the most, uh, they shut it down and the government stood in the way of us being able to connect with each other. Uh, I believe it's a travesty. Um, and, so for me, this is, I mean, we have to do it. I got two sons, man. I'll do anything to see that our next generation are free men and women. That's their birthright. Yeah, I like that. And I was going to say, you have a pretty complete resume for most humans uh, based <laughs> off all the things that, you know, you're involved with. I mean, it's, you've got God, family, a small business and, and service to, to the nation. That's, I mean, what an awesome and amazing resume. Thank you for all the things that you've done. But, you know, it's, it's just so funny that, just wanted to go and do your thing. Like you said, you've got your boys, you want to raise them, you have your business, you want it to be successful. And then in comes the government and shuts everything down between like those things, their schools, your church. And what does it leave you at? You know, it doesn't leave you with very many options other to get involved. And here you are running an amazing campaign out there in Virginia. How's it been like hitting the road and what's the reception been like for the platform that you're bringing? Oh man, they love it. You know, I mean, this is, listen, uh, you know, if anything that, that Youngkin's race, uh, the, you know, the, the, the newly governor uh, oh, yeah. here. Uh, if anything that that showed is that, you know, Virginia is not a blue state. It's a red state. You know, we knew that all along. Um, but this district especially went from an R1 to an R6. I mean, this is, they scooped up all the area I grew up in. Um, this is farmlands. This is rural America. I mean, this is America first country. And so when you start talking about, you know, look, man, this is an assault. What we're seeing is an assault on the working class. And it's time for the working class men and women to stand up again and have our voices heard up in Washington, D.C. And that's why I'm going up there. When you say stuff like that, they go, oh, like now they're listening because we're sick and tired of seeing the same old politicians that are, you know, Chamber of Commerce Republicans that are going up there like, oh, well, I'm going to fix the economy. No, you haven't. Shut your face. You haven't fixed the economy in 40 years that I've been alive. Yep. You're not going to do it now. So let's, let's talk about the real things. Let's talk about the fact that the left, every time they take power, they pull the needle as far to the left as they can. At this point, they've done snapped it off and jumped off a cliff somewhere, left most of their base looking around going, where the heck are these people at? You know, I mean, every time we elect people into office as Republicans, oftentimes they get up there and they want to be the adults in the room. Well, I mean, I've had enough of that. Let's put warriors in the room. Let's start flipping tables over. And let's really start pulling this needle back to something that's reasonable for the rest of us Americans. Yeah, it seems like we're at a critical juncture right now to where if we don't start making changes, just like the ones that you're mentioning, that we're going to be 
long gone, not only just as the Republican Party and the GOP, but as a nation in itself. This right. this whole thing that's going on right now is is a well-designed plan that's been in place for, like you said, 40 years or longer, and it's it, it leads to only one thing at the end if we don't stop it now. It's the destruction of the middle class and, and, and like, what is the model for the nuclear American family in America. And those are two of the things that, you know, have made us such a great nation for so long, and they've been under attack now at an unprecedented level, especially since this administration took over, it's all out in the open. There's no more like slim majorities, uh, moderate Democrat. It's not that anymore. You're either radical progressive or you're getting pushed out of the party. Kind of like Joe Manchin is right now. And, and it's just kind of crazy to see, you know, we're in such times, but it's good to see fighters like you getting in there. What are some of the things that you're taking out? You know, Virginia, like you said, it, it got pretty based over there pretty quick, and they not only voted for Yunkin, who's an extremely strong conservative America First governor, they went straight down the ticket with, with the people who promoted America First agenda, and that's taking care of the middle class, low taxes, strong immigration, uh, complete reform in school and the education system that's going on in there with all the crap that they're putting in, you know, to the to the kids' minds and stuff like that. You name it, they were back in the police and all that other stuff. And what are some of the things that you're out there promoting right now? No, you're absolutely right. Listen, the, the main thing, and I think you hit it all on the head, we have to get back to, to the core of who we are as Americans. We are in the middle of a cultural war, the likes of which I never really expected to see in my lifetime. I feared I would see it, and my, you know, my sons would see it, or their sons would see it, but we're in the middle of a cultural war. We're fighting for the soul of our nation. So we have to get back to fighting for faith, family, and freedom. Those the three Fs that everybody talks about, and that seems cliche, but that's the reality. We have to fight to protect our family unit because it is under assault. We have to fight to protect personal property. We have to fight to re- protect our religious institutions. These are, the, these are the things that made us great. You know, our founding fathers understood that. You know, the majority of our founding fathers um, were believers, but not all of them. You know, but they understood the value uh, that they found, that the principles they found in scripture, and you apply those to a society, it made a well-functioning society, you know? And so to me, that's what we have to get back to. Now, I mean, everything is, immigration is a huge topic, you know, and, and automatically the, uh, the left wants to say you're a racist as soon as you start talking about it, which is absolutely idiotic because we're a country founded by immigrants. We, that's who we are. However, we have rule, we have, we have law and order. We have to follow those, you know? And so to say that you don't want to have a border that's wide open, it has 2 million people running across it, that we've counted, how many people haven't we counted? But the fact that you don't, you don't want to see that, and all of a sudden you're racist. I'm like, there's enough fentanyl across the southern border to kill every man, woman, child in America six to ten times over. Yeah, and that's not a problem. You know, I mean, I understand that. You know, they want to hand out crack pipes. I understand that. You know, Hunter Biden wants to, you know, probably advocate for uh, you know, a different uh, dare program than we grew up in in school. You know, falling asleep on you know, crack pipes in your mouth and everything <laughs> else. But that's not what the rest of us Americans want. And to to be honest, man, what I see across the board, uh, and this doesn't matter, you know, where we're at, whether it's here in Virginia or you go to Florida, you go to Texas, you even talk to California, New York, the majority of Americans, they agree with conservative views on social issues. Now, not all, and certainly this, you know, on social media don't agree with us, but the majority, 60 to 70 percent of Americans, depending on which one you're talking about, these social issues, we win on them every time. Yep. We just have to hold ourselves accountable, actually operate with some integrity, some character up there, and then we'll actually win the, the trust of the American people back because the power is in the people. It always has been. Yeah, I think one of the biggest downfalls you run into is always the, you know, even in, in times when we've won majorities in the House and Senate, we always seem to fall back on meeting in the middle and like thinking it's awesome to show bipartisanship. And all that's gotten us to now is getting steamrolled by the Democrats, you know, for the yeah. last four years. And, and And in the meantime, it's like, they're saying we're doing it without part, you know, bipartisanship. And it's just like, 
okay, all the things that they always wanted us to do, they're not only not doing it, but they're like laughing all the way to the bank while they're trying to pass all this garbage by saying they don't need Republicans uh, to get, you know, legislation passed. And the only thing that they're putting out there is radical progressive stuff. Absolutely. I mean, you see it. I mean, what is the, uh, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. Pete up there talking about, you know, Hey, if you want to save four twenty nine to just buy a Tesla, right, pal, that's $55,000. If I don't have four twenty nine a gallon to put in the tank of the car, then I can't afford to $55,000 to buy a brand new Tesla, much less where we're going to park, where we're going to charge this thing at you big dummy. You start driving through rural, we don't have charging stations every five minutes. That's just not a reality. I talked the other day, and um, and he was like, you know, when I go up to D.C. and back, he goes, I drive my Tesla uh, with my buddy's car. He goes, but I have to fill it up, charge it three different times way up and back. And I said, man, I fill up my F-150. I can go up and back and not have to do anything yeah. with it. So anyway, man, it's just it's absolutely crazy what we're seeing. They're they're laughing at us. They nope. they don't they don't care about us. They absolutely despise us. So I don't understand why we spend all of our time trying to appease the left. You know, one of the things I learned in the military, you know, when you're deployed is. When you see the mob, you don't try to appease the mob. Right. Right. And and the leftist mentality, and it's not all different, but the leftist mentality, the far radicals they over the party. It's a mob mentality. You can never appease a mob. So why do we even try? Look, it's just different. That's we think we see things very differently, but the majority of us see things very differently. So, so if you like it, then why don't you go ahead to Venezuela or wherever else you want to go? Um, I guess not. Just go ahead up to uh, Canada and America's hat seems to be pretty well with all that, you know, but um, if re- any of the day, man, listen, we're, we're a country of law and order and we're a country of freedom. Yeah, it's an excellent point you make there. And then when you talk about the mentality, it's the next thing I want to touch with you on. We've talked to so many other candidates uh, in, in this midterm election who come from the same kind of background as you, you know, you, you were special operations combat veteran with the air force and, and we've had so many others on Eric Greitens, uh, Joe Kent, uh, Tony Cowden, you know, probably close to a dozen so far who, who had participated in either counterterrorism or were special forces, Delta force, Navy seal, you know, you name it. And they, they say, uh, it was Tony Cowden who pointed out a couple of weeks ago, there's getting close to 60 now former operators who are all running for this Congress and, you know, have the ability combined with the people who are already there to form, you know, kind of like an operator's wing or caucus when you guys get into to the beltway after the midterm elections. Uh, having something like that is is really one of the huge items that could change some of that mentality for people who just those country club, commerce bound Republicans who are always willing to just settle on not getting their agenda passed, but saying we lower taxes a little bit. Talk yeah. to us about how, you know, that mentality could really feed into the actual making America great again. You know, it's uh, and I'll do my best not to get emotional when I talk about it because that's the absolute truth, man. I mean, what we're seeing right now, you have people that say that they're fighters. They are, they're talkers, you know, they're politicians. They're going to, they're going to feed you a line. Uh, it's time to put warriors in there. People who have sacrificed, who bled for this country, who have buried their brothers and sisters and coffins draped with our flag. Those are the people who understand what freedom costs would attain freedom also wouldn't see if you put 60 of us into office you're not going to see uh, all these war hawks that are just ready to go to war because people who want to go to war people who are people who've never been yep been there we understand cost and so you're not going to see any of that stuff but i'm by god if we go to war i promise you we'll win because we understand exactly what it takes and that's what we have to do. We have to regain our footing on the international stage, the world stage of who we are as Americans. And Donald Trump did that. Yes. You know, people can argue about whether or not they like his tweets or anything else. 
but they understood feared that man and you have to operate that way on the world stage. I understand here in America, we like to be you know, kinder and gentler and everything else, but we need to quit using our militaries as some wokest experiment, find out what pronoun we want to be called now. Your pronouns when you went in the military are either soldier, they're airman, they're, uh, they're, they're sailor, they're marine. You don't get all these other things. This is silly. We're arguing about what flags we're flying over top of our embassies. This is absolutely ridiculous, man. So if we're not going to make our military an elite fighting force and something that makes us more lethal, then we have no problem. We have no business messing with it. And so that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get when you put 60 of us that have been over there and fought for this country up there in dc you're not going to have all this silly stuff we don't care about going out to a nice fancy restaurant with everybody else and talking about what's you know what loafers you got today that make your back feel better when you're standing up you know i'm just sick and tired of it man i want to see some real progress let's secure the future for our next generations that's what this is about and i think that we're sick and tired of it. we see we've seen we've seen too many people that have sacrificed look at joe kent yeah. Look at what a family sacrificed. You're telling me that somebody like that can be bought? Get out of here, man. Mm-mm. Like I, I just absolutely reject it because we understand. We understand what it costs. These are the kind of men that I want to stand up with there because these are the people that will fight for our values, our shared values. The vast majority of you know, this, this silent, you know, you hear about this, oh, it's a silent majority, a silent majority. We're not silent anymore. We're open. We're going to tell you exactly what we think. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm proud to be a part of it. It's America first movement. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, America first, I'm whatever, you know, but they're using it. Some people are using this taglines. There's a lot of right. drifters that we're seeing. And, um, and I think that people see through that though, when you meet with them, you hear a lot of people talk about, I'm a conservative. That's the other thing you hear in our party. I'm a conservative. Cool. What's that mean to you? Well, I'll tell you why I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative because I believe there's a, a moral transcendent order and there is a right and a wrong. There is a, a good and an evil and we've let evil sweep across this nation for far too long. Yes. We're seeing it and we're seeing the ramifications of it. And I think the vast majority of Americans, no matter where they sit on uh, Sunday morning, whether they're sitting at home watching football or they're sitting in the pews of a church, I think the vast majority of us Americans are going, you know, maybe it's time to get back to some of these things that our grandfathers and our grandmothers talked about because those are things that made us strong. Those are things that made us feared across the world and people respected us. And it's time for us to be respected again. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I'm tired of getting laughed at. Same. Yeah. Same. They are all the other stuff. Yeah, our our enemies are laughing at us, and our adversary or our our allies are ashamed of us, and that's the reality. They won't even pick up the phone now. When uh, what you mean, general pronouns doesn't strike fear in the hearts of all of our enemies? (laughs) Well, then you got you got Biden up there. It's like, okay, don't worry, guys, we're not going to buy oil from Russia anymore. We're going to buy from Iran and Venezuela. That's a great idea there. Like, first off, go get another cone of ice cream. Let's let the adults come into the room and actually make some serious decisions around here, folks. Hey, what? You know those guys that just tried to bomb our embassy? Yeah, we're going to buy oil from them. Yeah. And at the same time, the people who we aren't buying oil from anymore, even though it's cheaper, we're going to use them to broker the deal with the people who just tried to bomb our embassy, who now we're buying oil from. Yes. Makes no sense. Mm. So, But for so long, they've been able to just lie to us with covered from the media. They cover for them, you know? And so they're, they're able to lie to us, and nobody says anything about it. But now... You're having, you know, with the beauty of the internet, we're able to get the real facts out there. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we're, we're labeled conspiracy theorists or, you know, fake news and everything else. And we find out later uh, that we're right all along. I mean, I could uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. And I nope. love it. So, uh, yeah, just to name one thing. <laughs> Tommy, the last thing I want to touch with you on, and I think I know where, where you're probably going to go with this based off of the conversation we've had. Um, 
there there is one thing that that is critical to what happens after the midterm elections. Obviously, your focus is solely on your race and 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 getting over the finish line and getting into the beltway representing Virginia too. But when you get there, there's a lot of questions right now. People are asking for receipts for when candidates come on. It's one of the biggest things that we get head up with on social media. Ask about leadership. Is it time for a change in leadership in Washington, D.C.? You know there's people following for positions right now. There's people in positions right now who say they're America first, who say they're backing President Trump, who meet with President Trump regularly and are funneling money into campaigns against people like Joe Kent, against people like Eric Greitens. And, yeah. and it's just a lot of – what do you think when you get there? I, I mean, you, if you're not settled on somebody, we're not looking for names, but do you think it's time for a change I'll give in leadership? You a name. Jim Jordan. Mm, solid. I'd love to see that man up there, um, you know, as speaker. It's time for us to put people up there that aren't um, that aren't going to go back and forth and, and flip flop on issues, you know. And so, um, you know, I believe that Jim Jordan has been up there and he's been a solid representative for a long time. Yep. And he's really held the line. And you know, if you give people enough time, they'll tell you exactly who they are. It's one thing I've learned in life. And uh, he's a man that I, I would respect in that position. Man, I would look to for leadership. Yeah, you know, and so he's not just about a dollar. Um, you know, there's a lot of other people in leadership that uh, are obviously chasing a dollar one way or another, and um, and, and I, I respect him a lot. So I would love to see that. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. You know, we've had a couple uh, candidates on our show who are from Ohio, and whenever we get into the conversation of, of speaker, his name comes up, and then you know they say, "Here's the hard thing about Jim Jordan: when he's not in D.C. on committee trying to hold people accountable, you have to understand when you're not the." president in power and you don't have control of the house or senate passing legislation is something that typically doesn't happen unless it's a real laffy taffy run-of-the-mill generic you know house resolution but whenever he's back in ohio good luck finding him in one of his offices because he's out meeting with his constituents he's stumping he's out there like asking him what the issues are so he could bring him back to dc and try to fight for him there so makes a whole lot of sense and i like it Tommy, this has been awesome getting to know you today. Obviously, we're going to try to invite you back between now and the midterm elections, get an update on the campaign, your head-to-head matchup, et cetera. But we'd like to direct as much traffic as we can to support you in your campaign. So why don't you tell us about your uh, where they could find you on your website and uh, your social medias? Sure, absolutely. So uh, the website's TommyAltman.com. It's T-O-M-M-Y-A-L-T-M-A-N.com. I'd uh, love to have any support we can get there. Uh, Facebook, I think it's Tommy number 4 va Twitter's Tommy Altman and Instagram's Tommy Altman. So, um, you know, listen, I, I want people to be as involved as they want to be in this campaign. I don't care where they live at in this country, because to me, this campaign is about we the people. This is not about me, the candidate. This is about us, the working class, taking our country back, because that's what it's time for. And that's what it's going to take to save America. And we loved it. And we love hosting you today. This is the true conservative running for Congress in Virginia's second district. Tommy Altman, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thank you, sir. What do you guys think of Tommy Altman? Solid. Very solid. Awesome. A lot of yep. passion, a lot of fire. I like this platform. And uh, the more and more operators we get on this show, the more I feel confident that they're going to get over the hump in November and uh, have be well represented in Washington, D.C. I just, I feel like that is who we need. And we need that in all sort of military leadership positions. People that were actually not just officers who... TV generals. Went straight from school right. to leading people. But, I mean... You're not going to hire a plumber that doesn't know how to do plumbing shit. Mm-hmm. He's right. like, oh, I just started. I watched a couple of YouTube videos and I went to, you know, I went to this little online seminar. It's okay. like, all right, well. We need people who have actually fought real battles in real life. Yeah. Like, who you know, know the wins and loses and what the, the cost is. Exactly. That are willing, you know, I mean, these people have put their lives in the line for our country. 
you know, it, it's like I get I mean, me as a as just like a non-military person, for example, I want to get proactive. And if I could run, I would, you know, but imagine fighting for your country and, and putting your life on the line and and you see it going to shit the way that it is. You know? like, it's, it's like Tommy like, said, like get, getting kicked out for not getting a shot. I mean, I could, you could, we could only assume how dangerous the missions he went on, you know, as a mm. special forces, but he comes back, he becomes a pastor. Church is closed. He owns a small business. Tattoo parlor okay. is closed. He's got two young boys. Their fucking school is closed. And then what do you do? Yeah. Well, America is looking pretty glum right now. The war on the middle class rages on. And it's pretty safe to say that after uh, our first two guests today, the policies are embraced. The America last agenda. Rick Scott, who's a fan of not poor people, wanted to remind everybody the other day. Side note, I'm not too thrilled with him. I heard he was uh, pro no-fly zone. So good last week, kind of Ted Cruz status this week. But he just wanted to remind everybody that the uh, Biden administration literally hates poor people. So our state making us, they're struggling. Gas or food? Gas or food for their kids? That's what's going on all across Florida. Last week was now CPI, 7.9%, almost a 40-year high. Wholesale prices inflation. up 10% we got today. This is unprecedented. This is all because Biden doesn't care about the poor people in this country. He don't care about people on fixed income. He is causing all this. We need, we need to do these things. We need an operation warp speed to get energy exploration done in this country now. And it's got to go, get started. We've got to streamline the permitting process. The federal government is a pain in the rear to do business with. We've got to reduce regulatory environment in this country. If we want to get more jobs, we want to get lower inflation, we've got to get more people in business. The Biden administration is not focused on it. Take Tampa. Tampa's got the highest inflation rate in the entire country right now, 11.8%. Think about how many, people, how many individuals' income is going up at almost 12% a year? Very few. It's all caused Federal because of what Biden's doing. Congress. Yeah, Congress. So national average was between 87 and 10%. Parts of Florida are north of 11. Antoinette, did you see uh, Jennifer Granholm talk the other day, the energy secretary? I think so. I think, did we talk about it on the show? Well, we talked about her speech from last week, but later in the week this week, she was present again and she was flanked by a uh, oldie but goodie. Ooh, I didn't see it. Hmm. John Podesta. Oh, shut oh. up. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was with Podesta? Flanked her to her right. Holy camoly. Yep. Wow. Pretty interesting to see. It's going to be a yeah, lot. Yeah, I lived of- in Michigan and she was. When I lived in Michigan, she was there in her position. Yeah. Ruining nobody the liked energy her sector then. there, right? Yeah. Nobody liked her then. And damn, she's uh, with the Podesta. Yeah. Pretty interesting to see him back. There's going to be a lot of, uh, I'm air quoting now, truthers who are going to be disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Let's hear her weigh in on, uh, you know, what her theory is as the energy secretary cabinet position of the United States to help solve this crisis. That would be great. I mean, as you can imagine and as you have heard, there is a lot of conversation that is happening right now in, in saying that this crisis in, uh, in Europe and the crisis our allies are facing and the reduction of supply of uh, natural gas and oil from Russia creates a moment that we should be acting. I mean, we heard President Zelensky 
we do not want to see uh, any country that is held hostage to Vladimir Putin. And this is a moment for Congress to be able to act. There can be a compromise. Oh, okay. There can be movement on mm -hmm. this. Um, and whether it's, you know, I mean, what the form is and who sponsors are and all of that, that's, a, that's an, a conversation that's happening. But the bottom line is this is a moment to have this happen. It's an urgent moment. So it's been teased for the last couple of weeks. I've seen a couple of editorials written and heard some unnamed sources talk about the Biden administration is considering going full go. Maybe we don't need Iran. Maybe we don't need Venezuela. Fuck them kids. We're not going to do anything for gas. And we're going to call, we're going to declare a climate emergency and go full on Green New Deal without getting the Green New Deal passed. Oh, God. Yeah. That's not good. No. Not at all. For anybody. Except the yeah, elites. Yeah. So they're just going to unafford people from driving. Yes. They're going to pour us out of our cars. Jeez. <laughs> I don't even know what to think anymore. You know, it's it, and, and all these weird, weirdo you creepies. You, you can't think anything other than they're trying to just Destroy decimate us. the country in order well, yeah, to bring about this bullshit. Virtually impossible to live. That's that's what they want because they want us to all depend on. Yeah, if them. it gets if it gets bad to the point where having nothing and being happy it seems legitimate to you, people are going to start taking it. They're going for the right direction. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we're getting peak like precipice here with this shit. You know. Yeah. Well, part of it goes to leadership. They got into it on the five yesterday. Uh, Judge Janine had had enough of Geraldo Rivera talking about Biden's superior leadership in the uh, Russia-Ukraine <laughs> thing and everything. How can you even like preface that guy's name with superior anything? This, other listen, than this was the guy's superior urine holding ability. I like it. <laughs> but you are talking about the guy who was sticking talking up about for, his pants for pedophiles. Yeah. Well, true. yeah, he was like BFF with Anthony Weiner, mm. right? Sorry, we're we're still gonna laugh at that. Yes, he was. And uh, why are you laughing at me? We're not laughing at you. We're laughing. You said wiener. Oh, we're there. Now yeah, you're laughing. We're there. Use a good steak. Fifteen for fifteen percent off wiener rubs. I don't want to hear about her, her all, those. all right, let's listen to Judge Jeremy, you asshole. I disagree with Geraldo. <laughs> Geraldo said it's not about Biden. It's about Putin. So the question that I ask you, Geraldo, is why didn't Putin do this when Trump was president? Oh, another one. And I don't bring up President Trump that much. OK, but I tell you right now that he didn't do it when Trump was president because he knew wow. that Donald Trump would come in. If you touch one hair on one innocent civilian, he wouldn't care NATO or non-NATO. And don't tell me that Putin isn't afraid of someone. Biden is responsible for the decline of the West. Wow. What we are seeing right now is a, I can't say the word, is a wuss. We've got a boy in the in the in the yard, in the playground yard, in the schoolyard, and everybody's back at the fence. All right. How do you know? All we, wait a minute. Let me finish. Shut your all damn we mouth. have to do is we have enough oil in Canada, the United States and Mexico. 
and we could be our own superpowers. But right now, the Biden administration Fact. is not only hurting the Americans and all this hashtag blame Putin TikTok <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> all this is crap. All he has to do is turn to America and let us be the strength. And he is know, destroying the West. How do you know that Putin wasn't playing Trump? How do you know? When, oh, stop. When you he see wasn't was, playing Trump. When, when Trump he didn't Trump invade was, was Trump. I, was I, I love Trump. I love it's Trump. It's not about loving I, Trump. It, it's about the fact that Trump had everybody against the wall. How do you know and that don't think Putin it was didn't anything think different. Trump would give him I don't Ukraine give anyway. a damn what Putin thinks. I only care what Putin did. And he was a a wuss when Trump was president. Damn. And that's the end of it. There you go. That might be my favorite conversation of this whole year. What? So let's unbox that argument from fucking I, I love her, by Geraldo. The way. Always, always let's. <laughs> Remember, though, how do you know Trump, Putin didn't know that Trump was just going to give him Ukraine anyway? Then why didn't he take it? Right, exactly. He doesn't fucking even know what to rim say. Job. Doesn't take too much unboxing. Get that fucking dick duster out of here. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> what a retard. Uh, but he liked Trump, too. No, I love Trump, too. Yeah, uh, like, you see how he tries to save it there. <laughs> oh, like, that, God. he's just, are you just shouting things that are in the room? What if, what if Trump said that lamp was going to be there? <laughs> she was not having any of his shit Idiot. And everybody at the table was just like, "Ooh, yeah." You saw it like, listen, uh, Geraldo, you just stick to the child molester thing. That's your, that's your fucking wheelhouse. All right. Jesse yeah. Waters tried to interject like two or three times, and then she picked <laughs> up all the papers and slammed them down. And he was just like, <laughs> he put up his hands like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> We're gonna go from the extreme highs to the very, very <sighs> lows. Oh, bust, no. We're gonna bust out the turtle. Who's going to push back on the narrative that this is the hashtag Putin price hike, which Judge Janine? Fuck that! I can't stand it. It's like so ridiculous. How many? Like, it's it's not the same anymore. Like it was. No, maybe. but like, no, I'm saying like a few years ago. Like they repeat shit enough for, yeah. until people believe it. That's that's not. It's not working. Oh, you're talking to the people that that tried to employ twenty major. TikTokers over the weekend Eesh. to spread. Yeah, that was so bad. Our, it epically failed. Our, what is it, mal, miss, and disinformation? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like the, the Putin price hike or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, so. What? Hashtag Putin. Hashtag Putin price. <laughs> the price. The Putin price is right. Yeah. No, uh, because of the situation, which was 100%, and when I say R, I mean Joey Power. Basements. Mm-hmm fault no r as in robinette oh, okay i like it <laughs> the the 70 cents plus yes that is directly related to what's going on right mm-hmm. now but let's talk about the two fucking dollars plus prior to that <laughs> yes exactly. because you cannot just pretend like it that it didn't doesn't happen, happen. Right? like yeah you look at the fucking bar graph or not bar graph uh the little jagged line what is mm-hmm. that called graph like the um, chart yeah the chart well, you look chart. at the chart. <laughs> Biden goes into office. Lightning starts striking, going up into the sky. Literally, then, as he got in, and then boom, Putin issues. Yes, it's going to continue to go up, but it was already trending that direction. Mm-hmm. It certainly was, and you can't ignore that. But everybody is, or not everybody, but well, because shit gets memory hold with these people. They get bombarded with so much stuff, you know, and they pay attention to just talking points and and all that crap. But it's not, I mean, 
It's not as bad as it was. And if that doesn't work, then here's some celebrity doing something stupid or shitting their pants or getting caught with a DUI. or, Or people are more than ever realizing on all sides now that I'm seeing. I mean, I would like it that, you know, it'd be a lot more. There's still the holdouts though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's still like you, I, I was I saw some of those TikTokers. Basically. Oh yeah, there were some they real winners. They ethically failed so bad. Well, there were some of them that just like ran to the newspapers and they're like, "I'm not going to do what they asked me to do." They're like, "That's fucking crazy." They're oh, like, I didn't see that, but I yeah, saw the yeah, one that actually one guy did ran it. right to the Washington Post and he was like, "No, they want me to like spread pro-Ukraine propaganda," and he's like, "I'm not going to do that." He's like, "I don't even know why they asked me to do that." So uh, they're just like sending people like a canned email regarding this, or they're like, did a Zoom call, I believe, with yeah. Biden." Oh, Biden. With Biden. And is, his there, team. is there a screen uh, screen grab of that? The whole no, thing, probably? Jen, Jen, I, didn't, I didn't see it, but Jen I'm Saki pretty was there sure too. it was private. I'm sure it was titillating. But did you see that one chick with the brown hair that was doing it, like talking like she, like she, you could tell she studied the script really well and yep. then tried to be all natural. <laughs> and and it was just an epic fail. Epic fail. It's gone viral. People are like, wow, you're so retarded. You're so dumb. I can't believe it. Kamala wasn't there? <laughs> I don't know. I think We're here. How embarrassing, though. How embarrassing. Today. How do you not, like, how do you not know, like, I don't know. If it was me, if I wasn't even that much into politics, I would have kind of done my homework before I even put myself on the line like that for anyone, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even if I like Trump, but if they're, if they're, if Trump's team hit me up and said, Hey, can you say this and this and this, yes. you know, and, and pro this, yes. I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll, th- well, yes, but, but I, I mean, obviously I trust. No, Trump. I get it. I, it, well, listen, it, but I still look into it before I say anything, you know, put my, my, my face and everything on the yes. line, regardless. You okay, have no to case. be. This is apples and octopuses. What, so <laughs> what, what level of TikTok prestige did you need to have to get into this? I mean, are they picking the people too. who are doing cooking videos is it the the is it the girls that are borderline showing their buttholes in anime wear or yes (laughs) probably because who probably have an OnlyFans where they actually do legitimate porn oh nice good for them you know what i mean is this is that the level like they were at like where is it like oh you're a little little too off the cuff for this like we're gonna need you to like do a couple cooking videos or something really i thought i think that they saw who has like legit engagement and and like certain targeted audiences you know, that yeah. would go viral, yep. I guess. I'm not sure, like, if they all had, like, a certain niche, like, that that is all the same. So I, probably a I lot think. of vegan food reviews. Mm. <laughs> well. Taste this cardboard. Yes. It's delicious. You know what tastes better than cardboard? Tofu cardboard? Close. Werther's original. Let's hear somebody break down Ooh. the Putin price hike in the form of a Werther's commercial. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, <laughs> I think it's perfectly clear that Vladimir Putin is not uh, the cause of this rampant inflation that began at the beginning of the year, was fed by the $2 trillion so-called rescue package, which produced exactly what Larry Summers predicted. He has a glorious 40-year high inflation. <laughs> so let there be no confusion about the reason we're in this inflationary spiral. (laughs) Spiral. Spiral. Well, what do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) 
I still remember getting my first candy from my grandfather. It was Werther's original, and I was four. I'll never forget that first taste. Sweet and creamy and just plain. Use a code steak for... <laughs> Gotta mess up Werther's for me now. I actually love Werther's. Now Steve Bannon's gonna say, "Stop screwing around on the show again." This is a serious show. We're not here making fucking dick jokes on Steak for Battleground. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's focus. Fire, Fury. And Chip Roy. All major cities that broke their homicide records in 2021 all had Democratic mayors. Not helpful for the agenda. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't want to talk about victims of crime. That 89% of black victims were killed by black offenders. Mm. Oops. We don't want to talk about that or talk about ways we can address that. Because it's not helpful to the agenda. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't want to talk about the dead Americans from fentanyl. A hundred thousand dead Americans from drug overdoses, overdoses and poisonings. Don't want to talk about that. Not helpful to the open borders agenda causing Americans to die. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle, they don't want to talk about the deaths piling up from this body's COVID policies. Suicides, mental health issues, people dying because they couldn't get health care because of lockdowns. No, no, no. Let's just run away from that. Let's just sweep that aside. Let's not talk about excess deaths. Let's not dive into and have hearing after hearing about excess deaths when we're talking about tens of thousands of Americans of excess deaths for non-COVID natural causes. Are we studying that data? No, because it's not helpful to the agenda. My colleagues simply don't want to talk about these issues. They don't want to talk about the dead that are resulting from radical environmental unicorn energy policies (laughs) around the world. We're seeing play out in real time. Because my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are so committed to their radical leftist environmental energy agenda that they want to bury their head in the sand as to what's actually happening when you don't drill for American oil and gas and have a strong position in the world to ensure that we've got energy abundance to make sure that we're secure, free, and have the energy we need. No, no, that's not helpful to the agenda. Seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Think we're ever going to see it? Mm. Not under these jerk-offs. Nope. Nope. Well, that's when stuff got a little bit weird. (laughs) what i don't know if you guys heard this one but i mean we've talked about it with two of our guests already so the hunter biden laptop was real and legitimate we all knew it yeah we saw we knew it was real because of the efforts they went to say that it was not real an entire news organization all evidence and an entire news organization was canceled for three weeks at the height of the 2020 presidential election over it (sighs) and at the end of a speech yesterday joe biden made a Really off-color comment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For those in our listenership who haven't heard it, why don't you break this baby down? So we established a new civil rights, a new civil rights cause of action. Seems normal. For those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard, I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line, Hmm. that in an intimate relationship, what happened was 
the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever. His, his naked, naked son. Position. His naked son. <laughs> and then, literally, in a sense, blackmails him or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. Is that like, can you get a higher level of projection? He's like, oh, that's no, what happened to me you with... Uh, you can't make this shit up. They know... That, oh, gosh. It's so bad. You get uh, blackmailed to doing shit when you're president. I mean, and it's not just for Hunter. It's like the majority of politicians in her, in her government, you know, that have compromising material. So, I mean, it's very interesting that he says that. Well, I, it was so odd. Like I was kind of taken aback. I was like, holy shit. It just means <laughs> that they have wind of something that is looming about to, happen, about to yeah. get released and whether it's maybe... Yeah, maybe Russia releasing some hidden camera shit that. Uh, thinking Russia like might be like, hey guys, remember this? Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, there's a lot of questions into you know some of the things that legitimately have to be looked at now. Charging mm-hmm. Hunter Biden for the violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act, the New York Lots Times stated yesterday. But there has been a debate within the Justice Department over whether available evidence proves that Mr. Biden intended to violate FARA which the government must prove in order to secure a criminal conviction. Um, This person went out to commentate. They think that misstates the law, support a fair conviction against Hunter Biden. The DOJ would only need to prove one. Hunter Biden acted in the U.S. as an agent of a foreign government. He did. He was the chairman of an energy company in Ukraine, in addition to all the other bullshit he was doing all over the fucking place, including China. Two, that Hunter Biden failed to notify the U.S. Attorney General that he was acting as an agent of a foreign government before said action took place. He did not. And three, that Hunter Biden knowingly agreed to operate within the U.S. subject to the direction or control of a foreign government or official, and that he had not provided information prior notification of doing such. Also did that. Meetings in Vegas when he met with the high-ranking officials from the CCP, the whole 10% for the, from the big guy, yep. with, with that uh, foreign real estate and those international banks. Kind of laid it out there. Jen Psaki was uh, asked about it. Remember, she had tweeted, and I quote a tweet today that said, you know, should be enough for immediate termination of employment. Yeah. This yeah. is Russian misinformation with an article from the New York Times that said the original article from the New York Post was Russian disinformation. Let's hear her way in on it. I'm pretty sure you can uh, think where she's going to address these people. Um, the New York Times has authenticated emails that appear to have come from a laptop abandoned by Hunter Biden in Delaware. Um, the president previously said that the New York Post story about this was a bunch of garbage. So did she. And that it was a Russian plant. Does he stand by that? That's not good. I pointed the Department of Justice and also to Hunter Biden's representatives. He doesn't work in the government. Go ahead. But you addressed it previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? As Russia disinformation, but now you can't say shit about it because you know something's about to pop off. No, because she's wrong now. Well, yeah, she's always been wrong. Well, no, but they never thought that it would. It would. They they were hoping that their smear campaign and burying of this would have and get proven that it was legit. You know, so. So last year, when the COVID relief package came out, and we were still shuttered as a federal government Mm -hmm. from meeting and voting in person, (laughs) going to church. (laughs) One of the most base representatives of them all, Thomas Massey called for an in-person vote to break down the logistics of the nearly $2 trillion bill, which would have basically fueled the fire for all the inflation that's going on right now in a combination with a lot of other things. He was called an insurrectionist, et cetera, for even suggesting stuff, because if they reported, apparently they would have all died. We can only be so lucky. 
Congress, the House, was called back today on Fun Friday because... Casual Friday? Instead of breaking down the logistics of a $2.5 trillion COVID relief bill, they had important stuff to talk about. I don't know if you guys heard, the Crown Act passed today. What the hell is that? Well, exactly what it is. Let's hear uh, Jen Psaki weigh in on this one. About that. And then I have like a fun Friday question. Okay. okay. <laughs> the House passed the Crown Act, which bans discrimination based on hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Is this something the administration supports when they sign it into law if the Senate passed it? I have seen that. I have not talked to our legislative team about it. I'm happy to do that, and we'll see if we can get you a fun, fun, fun Friday answer back. Go ahead. Wait. Hair? The U.S. House of Representatives voted today on Friday, March 18th, 2022, and passed a resolution that banned discrimination against hairstyle. Where? Everywhere. They passed like, a f- they passed a house resolution. Wait, like for job placement, jobs regardless of where. Well, there was too many you purple, purple-haired like, vagina hat wearers you, you that can, were getting discriminated against. How apparently. dare you? You are now forbade to discriminate against hair. Like in schools and like workplaces and the federal government, I guess. Everywhere. I'm just going to say yes. Hey, you want to know what? I'm going to circle back to Is you. Is that the, the best of our time we could be utilizing oh, our <laughs> government shit for? I mean. Why don't you guys chill out? I'll see if I get a fun Friday answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. In our last audio clip of the week. Now I'm a, I'm a Jim Banks guy. I like Jim Banks. I think he's pretty based. I also like Jim Jordan, but I like Jim Banks a little bit more right now. However, we did have a guest on already who thinks that Jim Jordan's more than qualified for the position of speaker in the house after the midterm elections. I could definitely put some, invest some money in that horse. I don't know Jim Banks well enough, but I know Jim Jordan. And I, I totally agree about Jim Jordan and being qualified for house speaker. Definitely. But, I mean, that could change. Yeah. Well, he jumped on Real Micro's voice yesterday. He gave a pretty impassioned speech about the State of the Union right now and uh, just about how much the American people could take more. And let's get his take as our uh, last clip of the week. The American people have had it with what they see from the left. I mean, understand this. Joe Biden inherited a stable and calm, relatively speaking, calm world. And he has turned everything into chaos. Never forget that picture of people in Afghanistan when they were trying to jump on the wheels of the plane as it was leaving. I mean, that's the situation Joe Biden created there. Look at the terrible situation in Ukraine. And then look at look at domestic policy. We got a border that's complete chaos. We have an inflation situation. It's the highest in 40 years, complete chaos. We got a crime problem in every major urban area because of left wing crazy policies. That is chaos in so many of our urban centers. And, and of course, we have an energy problem that has turned everything into complete chaos when you got five, six, seven dollar gas. That is what Joe Biden has given us. And, And look what he what he had handed to him by President Trump 14 months ago. That's what alarming is what is alarming Americans so much that I think they're looking to make real change uh, in, in the Congress. I'll say this. Regardless of who becomes the Speaker of the House, we all know it can't be Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And Mitch McConnell can't be the Senate Majority Leader. Those are the only facts. Right. These establishment D.C. politicians that are going to be joined by a lot of America First candidates better be ready to work harder than they even think they could work. 
and or have ever worked before. Yeah, ever before. Because the, the the way that these guys are platforming in some of their campaigns, they're making it seem like the guys there, regardless of how much of a patriot they are, if like there's no questioning Jim Jordan's patriotism or loyalty to Donald Trump. That he both wears them very openly on his sleeve. But if they're not willing to go the extra mile now, and if we're not willing to stop the backroom deals, which is what has empowered this radical progressive left to get us into the situation we are now, they're going to have to get out of the fucking way. So you're yeah. going to you're going to see a lot of freshmen and sophomores next year moving up to the front of the pack in regards to uh you know vying for leadership positions by 2024 if it, if that's not going to be the case. Yeah, shape up or ship out. Get out of the way and let us handle business because y'all haven't been doing much for us at all. Know. And at all. Uh, someone who's definitely going to bring a little bit of uh fire and passion with us is our last guest of the week as well is running for the US House of Representatives in Nevada and he's going to be joining us right now. All right, coming in last with us today on the Steak for Breakfast podcast, he is a Bronze Star veteran, patent attorney, innovator, father, truth defender, and also congressional candidate for Nevada's third house seat. Noah McGarry, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thanks so much for having me. You know what? It's our pleasure, sir. How is everything going on your end? It's a lot of fun. We're having a... Uh... Great time with the campaign, raising awareness, getting out there, engaging with the electorate. Um, it's there's a lot of enthusiasm. So it's been it's been uh, despite the fact that we're going through some of the most difficult times in this country that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime, especially for families and businesses and parents. And it, it's just that that's discouraging. But I got to tell you, what's encouraging is all the enthusiasm and engagement that I've encountered like never before. I mean, folks who never been involved in politics are suddenly awake, waking up, waking up others, um, starting to appreciate the significance of the situation we're in, how dire the circumstances are, and understand that they need to get into the fight. So we're, we're uh, really encouraged from that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty understandable to see living in the times you are right now, especially since, uh, you know, the Biden administration came in. I, I got a question. So, uh, you know, I was reading over some of the stuff that you've done and, and what you currently do. It seems like you've had some pretty solid careers between your service for the country and the military. And then, you know, being an attorney, what was the uh, deciding factor in, in, in getting in a political race after it seemed like, you know, you, you, you've got a pretty accomplished life and, and now here you are in the midst of a, a U.S. house seat campaign, which can be pretty draining and, and, you know, hard on the family. What, what made you uh, want to make even more sacrifices for the pe- people in the district where you live? Yeah, it, it can be hard in the family, and it definitely is at times. And But the, my family is the reason that I did it. That's my motivation, because what we're living through now is not just the typical, you know, managed decline of the American dream and American prosperity, security, and justice that we've that we've seen and witnessed over the past several decades. Um, but now we're in something resembling more of a full-out attack on regular Americans. We're in like a cold civil war there's 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 aspects of it that go beyond that but we're in basically a, 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 the, our federal government has declared you know a cold civil war on war on the families and, and and citizens of the united states and businesses of the united states and i just didn't see anyone else in the race um certainly not the incumbent who appreciates that understands it and is willing to say that out loud because it's true and say any, any of the things i mean all the things that we've been witnessing, whether it's the election coup of 2020 or the intentional destruction of our sovereign currency through runaway inflation and reckless spending or 
the absolute headlong rush into getting into World War III with a nuclear armed Russia. Yeah. These things are not just unintentional. These things are absolutely insane. No one else is saying that. No one else is talking about it. I'm the only veteran in this race. And so that's why I got involved because I want my kids to grow up in a free country. How has uh, being a veteran proved to uh, resonate a little bit more with the uh, constituents out there when you're on the campaign trail? Well, I think people appreciate that, you know, the kind of experience you gain, you know, I was a former army officer and served in Iraq and in Europe, um, around different places, practice law on, on three different continents. That kind of perspective that you gain from those kind of experiences is really invaluable when we're in a crisis or an imminent or impending crisis scenario that we're approaching now, we're being thrust headlong into it, mm-hmm. um, with our, with our insanely illegitimate um you know commander in chief i don't know what he's doing what he's thinking but the what we're the situation we find ourselves in now both with previously with afghanistan now with ukraine and in the future probably with taiwan and china is a direct predictable result of the foreign policy weakness and failures of the biden administration yeah it's a pretty cut and dry to say the least that the foreign you know defense policies of this administration have been Probably some of the worst of all times and uh, non-existent to say the least. And uh, we are definitely have gone th- from peace through strength and, and leading from the front as an example and a beacon of the rest of the world is, you know, we've reached a point now to where we've had two enormous military debacles and uh, probably are going to have a third like you had just mentioned. And, and it's we have world leaders now picking up the phone, allies of ours who had in- incredibly strong ties with the you know, with the White House 14 months ago not answering the phone when the President of the United States called. Do you ever think you'd get to a time where you'd see something like that? It's embarrassing. No, and we're going to lose, uh, you know, petrodollar status and potentially reserve currency status. Yep. It's going to impoverish so many thousands of American families and finish off the job that the runaway inflation um, hasn't completed and the COVID lockdowns wiping out a big section of our backbone of our economy, which is small business. So this has been a coordinated, systematic, deliberate attack on regular American citizens and their citizenship um, between the invasion at the border that's facilitated directly based, basically administered by the Biden administration um, to, you know, everything that everything that they've done to us, we're victims, you know, we've been, we were were victims of a coup in 2020 without election. We We still haven't gotten accountability and justice. Again, I think I'm the only candidate in this race who is insisting on pursuing. I'm not going to forget about what they did in 2020 because that that's I'm a crime victim. I'm, I, I am entitled to accountability. I'm entitled. My family deserves to get justice for those crimes that were committed against me and my family by 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 criminals. Um, all these things we need to get justice for. They're just going to keep doing them. That's why they, you know, they love this Afghan. I mean, this I'm sorry, this Ukraine thing, because it's a great distraction from all their their, their massive crime spree over the mm-hmm. last you know, 15 months. Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. You know, you're the third candidate we've had on from Nevada. We, we hosted Carolina Serrano on here. She's running Nevada 4, I think, two weeks ago. And then a few weeks before that, we had senatorial candidate Adam Lexalt join us. And it seems like the whole election integrity thing is good. But if you're not going to go back and really take a good examination of what happened in 2020, and, you know, Adam Lexalt worked on the Trump campaign uh, in, in the 2020 elections as one of the guys who was at the tip of the spear in, in the state of Nevada, they know that 
you know, between Mark Zuckerberg and the free for all mail and balloting, you, you don't even have to get into the whole equation of machines and voter rolls. You just go off of those things that were like legitimately there, all those millions of dollars from Facebook. And then, you know, the, the so many mail and ballots that went out, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, but we're not seeing any kind of movement there. And it's, it's candidates like you guys that are obviously going to bring uh, that back to the forefront as not only part of your campaign, but something we revisit after the midterm elections coming up here. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great point. We can't forget about this is the, the modus operandi of the criminal, you know, whatever you want to call it, Marxist aspect of the uni, uni party, mostly um, Democrats. But fo they, it's just one crisis. And then as soon as we start catching up to the scope and depth of the crisis and try to try to pursue accountability, they, they, they launch the next one. Yep. So we never reach accountability, whether it's January 6th, the election, Afghanistan, which I've called for accountability on all these things, which are there, there's malfeasance and government overreach and abuse and, and likely criminality involved in all these. But it started with the election. The COVID response is another one. Massive amounts of criminality and corruption involved in that. And we just sit and stand by as our own government exploits us, abuses us, frames us, calls us domestic terrorists, calls us insurrectionists, sets the FBI out to harass and intimidate us or even arrest us and indict us, searches our emails and texts, listens to our voicemails and our, and our phone calls without authorization you know, illegally. I mean, this is insane. We're we're under siege by our own federal government. The country belongs to us. Yes, we are America. I mean, the the Constitution makes clear that the the sovereignty of the nation resides exclusively in the citizens in the states. It's not a head of state. It's not a Congress. It's not a building. It's us. And we're getting abused by a bunch of elites. I mean, election fraud is the highest value crime you can perpetrate, and the more notorious it is, the more valuable it is for the perpetrators because. You get your you get your false candidate in office. You deter voters from showing up to the polls because they know it happens and there's no consequence. They know their vote doesn't count. You deter quality candidates from getting involved because they say, "I'm not going to sacrifice a year of my life to get to go into an election that even if I win, I'm not going to get to be in office." And you deter you deter folks who want to contribute to candidates because they say, "What's the point? I'm not going to waste my money." So the more the more notorious it is now in the open without consequences, the more effective it is. But people ask me, "Why are you running? It's rigged." And I say, well, first of all, with God, all things are possible, number one. Yes. And number two, the only way we can ever, they say, how are you going to end election fraud? The only way to do it, there's only one way I know as a former prosecutor. You, you take the people who committed the election fraud last time, you indict them, you try them, you convict them, and you sentence them, and then the, you put them in prison. That's how you end it. You have, We need accountability and consequences 100%. And I don't even see half the other candidates running for office across the country, even acknowledging the existence of this massive crime. If you're, to me, that's disqualifying. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you're going to go to the American people and say, look, I don't know if there was election fraud or not, but we need to have election integrity going forward. Then you're, then you're not a good candidate because we need, yeah. you're not insisting on, you're not even acknowledging the threshold issue that you need to, to admit the possibility of pursuing consequences because you're not even acknowledging that it exists. So either you're not being honest, which is disqualifying, or you don't know, which is disqualifying. So we need to have people who aren't afraid to pursue accountability for the crimes that have been perpetrated against us as American citizens. Yeah, that's an excellent point you make there. And uh, I think pretty much right over the target in regards to what the blueprint should be for, you know, moving forward, especially if these candidates are going to be claiming America first and even yeah. trying to align themselves up with Trump era policies, which, you know, election integrity, he was calling as early as, you know, early 2019 saying this is listen i see where this is going this is what's going to happen and it didn't matter they just projected the way they always do and did what they did on you know between november 3rd and november 7th anyway and it got us into this absolute disaster which is the current situation you know in the white house right now the media played a huge role too i mean the media 
distorted and just they, they they picked the winner you know they they hit the hunter biden laptop they told everybody who that was came out right before they said this hunter biden laptop which had thousands of things on it that would have absolutely destroyed the biden candidacy and they suppressed it they 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 censored anyone who wanted to talk about it in any open forum and they call this liars and conspiracy theorists and always the same thing you know it's russian disinformation like what are you guys even talking about now it's clear that we that you know all these things whether it's the origins of COVID in a chinese lab or whatever you want to say they always try to suppress and then they fail and they have to admit that they were real but these are just part and partial of the crimes i mean there's probably enough stuff on that hunter biden laptop that guy was selected because he's a patsy and controllable by the you know the established security state or whatever you want to call it yep. He's, he's just a front person. He's a puppet. They chose him. They selected him and made sure he got in, and the media was in on it. Yeah, they certainly were. They yep. were very complicit, as was outlined in the, in the Time article that came out, you know, showing it was between big tech, the me legacy media, you know, elements of the Obama administration combined with the largest teachers unions and labor unions in the United States to, you know, kind of have this perfect storm of too many fires to be able to put out at once. And, okay, we're doing stuff over here, but try and catch us in this state or this county or this district. Right. And, uh, you know, it just kind of spun out of control. Anthony, you were going to say something. You want to jump in? No, no, I was just going to add to what he said earlier about um, candidates that, that are running. The first thing I look at is if they're not talking about the election fraud and how they stole 2020, that's like a clear indicator for me to, you know, look elsewhere. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you certainly aren't America first if you aren't talking about, you know, the number one thing that makes our country so great. Exactly. That's the integrity of the elections. No, and put people in office. <laughs> well, that's no, just a, that's a clear way to see that they're just tiptoeing around things. They're being safe, and we don't need safe yeah. candidates. We need candidates who are going to be outspoken fighters. We don't need pussies yeah. anymore. We need fighters, and we need people that are going to address one of the most important things and rights in this. I mean, country. you guys are so you guys are so right. That's a hundred percent correct. I mean, it, if you use the it, because language control is one of the biggest weapons that the Marxist left uses to mm -hmm. ultimately try to remove our liberty and our freedom which they're systematically undertaking right now i mean language control so we're not going to submit to it what's going on at the southern border is an invasion of our sovereign territory as american citizens what happened in november 2020 was a coup it was an election fraud dc is occupied territory right now that is staffed by an illegitimate regime that was selected and not selected by the american people january 6th that was clearly uh, there was cultivated to a large degree from what we've seen circumstantially and with some direct evidence by federal resources, including the FBI and, and the Capitol Police. I mean, there's 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 ample evidence to indicate that. So these are all things. If somebody won't say these things to you, then what's the point? Because they're just trying to buy themselves a little wiggle room later. So when they get elected, they, they could be susceptible to being to, to being compromised because they gave themselves the space to backtrack on something. I, I, as a voter, want to know exactly where my candidates stand on all these important issues that are important to me. And that's why I go on the record on everything. And I tell you exactly the way things I see things as, you know, as a professional, as a citizen, as a father and a patriot. Yeah, you have to uh, really take into consideration those things when you're looking at candidates, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why we're doing some really strong vetting and the people we re reach out to. You don't really hear too many people who say there was no election fraud or anything even funny to do with the election. You know, when they come in this show, we're trying to have as many of those America First 
platform candidates come on so they can lay that out there and under, you know, give you a better idea of what the representation is going to look like, which leads me into my next question. So we, we've had so many veterans on, uh, and one of the things they talk about is, you know, you've already touched on, on some foreign policy stuff and, and national defense, but it, it's the call for real warriors, people who have done it in real life to finally be representing the American, you know, uh, citizens in, in Washington, D.C., like you would be a House candidate and and or a House representative. And it's one of those things where we have a lot of people in Washington, D.C. right now who claim to be firebrands, who claim to be fighters. And a lot of them just don't have that real-life experience. And you're seeing some of, like, the misstatements being made by people who are supposedly conservatives and Republicans by saying, you know, when you have people in Washington, D.C. right now who are, elected officials that with no military experience and they're calling for like assassinations of sitting presidents of other countries and military incursions on convoys of trucks and no fly zones, which would pretty much take us into the hot portion of uh, the cold war that's going on right now. The proxy war that we're fighting alongside Ukraine against Russia. Uh, what do you think in regards to leadership positions going that, you know, some of the people who are kind of in line and some of the people who just assume that they're going to be, let's just say, Speaker of the House? And, and how do you feel on what kind of accountability needs to be held to, to get a real Speaker of the House in there with some experience who's going to actually fight and represent the American people and not always bow down and uh, bipartisanly just agree with the Democrats to get legislation passed? Yeah, I mean, the... <clears throat> The permanent war party uniparty is a real problem in Washington. Um, you know, for some reason, for over the course of three years, we couldn't find two, three or four billion dollars, the Congress, to complete the wall. But somehow in 24 hours, the, the whole Congress decided that they were going to appropriate 14 billion dollars that doesn't exist. It doesn't. There's not like there's 14 billion dollars like in a bank account or in a safe that they decided to send to Ukraine. <laughs> It's this is what they did. Fourteen billion dollars that doesn't exist in 24 hours. Zero money to complete the wall over three years. And it was vastly less than that. And and then the, the money itself, the 14 billion dollars doesn't exist. So what they said, they said is they didn't say we're going to lend the money to Ukraine and they can pay us back. They didn't say that. They said we're going to borrow it. Not us, not the Congress, not members of Congress. You citizens are going to borrow this money. Your kids are going to borrow the money. You're, you're going out and taking out a personal loan in your kid's name for you know several thousand dollars or whatever the case may be in this case 14 billion dollars for the american citizens we're going to send to one of the most corrupt countries in the world historically one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world your money that you're on the hook for that your kids took a loan out for that doesn't exist this is what the, this is the level of malfeasance and and who are these people i mean in what planet <laughs> right. literally on what planet these people like literally hate america i don't understand for the life of me how you could you should resign if you you should absolutely resign make way for somebody who cares about this country and american families it's disgusting it's evil and that's their mission though to destroy this country they completely sold america out they sold out the people these people should i mean i, I would say something much worse you know Fire squad <laughs> yeah you know uh, they're they're traitors to our country and yeah they should be in front of a firing squad and be wiped off the face of the planet but that's a little mean to say you know in some circles but that's well, what, what happened yeah. that's what would happen in history that's what you know th th you get the death penalty for doing a fraction of this crap that they've done to our country i mean just with COVID alone what they've done to people they've ruined you know families people have gotten divorces suicides you know um and the kids yep kids kids two years you know kids in their mo like the most 
important stages of development, you know, now, now they're, they're, they're paranoid to go out without a mask and play outside. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, it's just right. interesting in every which way they've just bombarded the American people. And now they're just, they're going, you know, doubling down and doing everything they can while they can, you know, it's, it's really, no, I, I should say, I should say to your point, I mean, and I have to say this because I've been I, that, so I def, definitely 100% um, don't condone or encourage or uh, approve violence. of political violence, whether That's it's conducted awesome. by um, Antifa, BLM, or whoever, yeah. anybody. So I certainly don't endorse that. The reason I have to say that is because I've called for prosecutions for capital crimes of uh-huh. high-ranking officials in yeah. the United States government um, pretty, pretty, um, you know, you know, openly and I've been picked up in national news and people have accused me of being for political violence, which is of course exactly the opposite of what mm-hmm. I stand for. Instead, I said, I stand for the rule of law, which means if you're, if you're, you know, general Mark Milley, the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff, and you're engaging in conduct that appears to be treasonous, then yes. you need to be court-martialed as an active duty soldier. And um, the sentence for that uh, could be a capital uh, sentence and that should be discharged because uh, I, su- I support the rule of law, <clears throat> I support anti-treason laws, and I support uh, stiff sentences for treason by high-ranking military officers, including up to and including the death penalty. So I don't pl- I don't support political violence in any way, shape, or form, but I 100% stand by the rule of law, and we need to enforce it. That's why we're in the situation that we're in right now, because there's two systems of justice. And no exactly. accountability. Yeah, and we were definitely talking about the rule of law, not just our own rule firing squads. Yeah, no, not vigilanteism. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's the thing. These people need to be held accountable. They're, it's a free-for-all, and and you know, when is it, when is it going to happen? You know, people need to be prosecuted. They need to be stopped. Law and order is what we need more than anything right now. And what we're lacking at the highest levels and all the way up through the DOJ to the Oval Office. Yeah. And then sending all that money, you know, it's like, we can't even guarantee that like disaster funds go to the right people in this country. When we send all this money to a different state for assistance, it's like, oh yeah, these people were dipping their hands in the, in the pot. And you know, this disaster money went to this guy's Maserati instead of, you know, the disaster relief. We're deciding to earmark. No, I mean, especially in the case of Ukraine, Ukraine is like a client state for the permanent security establishment in mm-hmm. D.C. It's yep. like, and, and, and that's kind of morphed into a client state of the Democrat Party in recent decades. Historically, the, 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 the permanent security establishment, um, whatever you want to call it, has been much more bipartisan, maybe even to some degree more de- uh, Republican. But in recent decades in Last generation, certainly, it's been basically a, a, a Democrat-staffed entity. And we see that reflected uh, across the military and, and, and uh, intelligence. But now that means that the, and the Biden family themselves, in particular, and many other politicians, it's been alleged, but it looks like the Biden family, to a large degree, has been involved in making money in Ukraine. They use it as a, a state for whatever pet project, whether it's the biolabs that exist there, corruption, um, it's a holdover from the end of the Cold War, you know, where it was a great opportunity for us to, you know, to control a client state on the border of the former Soviet Union, on the border yeah. of Russia. And so that's what they invested in. And there's so much invested in that establishment. You know, the CIA has been training training them over there since 2015, I think. And they, we even had a coup that we, we facilitated over there to get rid of a pro-Russia leader. Um, so it's been... It's been a center of attention that the, the permanent security estate always likes to have a country where they can invoke a war at will. 
because to have that is very valuable because when things get really, 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 really bad domestically, like they are right now, you can, you know, break glass in case of emergency, shift everybody's attention to a moral panic that exists and some absolute moral obligation to for everyone to get involved and support financially and in every way, shape or form this cause and rally folks around and unify folks around and distract them from whatever whatever's going on and also spend a ton of money that can be siphoned off in, in, in the form of corruption to various interests that have been working in, in that country for years. So the Ukraine situation is is a, is a, a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. That certainly is. And it's good for you to highlight all of those points regarding it. You know, we, we over the last couple of weeks have painted a backstory going all the way back from, you know, the fall of the Iron Curtain in the early 90s in Ukraine claiming it's, you know, I'm air quoting now independence and just how many of the, uh, you know, slimy actors that have occupied our governments for the last couple of decades seem to ease their way in there, whether it be through energy company, black market stuff, you know, like you said, uh, facilitating coups and installing governments that are anti-Russia and, and things of that nature. And it's just, it's, it's been a perfect recipe for disaster. It's been swirling for a while and, and it just seemed to be the icing on the cake following the Afghanistan disaster that, uh, you know, America really didn't need at this time. Yeah. I mean, the big issue that we're not permitted to talk about in any way, shape or form, despite it staring us in the face all the time, is that our biggest foreign global cultural economic and military adversary in the world is obviously the chinese communist party without yes. any question so there's no there's there that's what we're not permitted to talk about because they've exercised very successfully a strategy you could call something like elite capture where they have completely pervaded all of the centers of power in the united states whether it be the media the entertainment industry education k through 12 university education research dollars to some, um, compromise uh, government folks uh, had probably had a big hand in, in the installation of Joe Biden as the guy who was compromised by Chinese intelligence. Yep. Who, who else would you want as the commander in chief of the United States and the, the head of state of the, of the greatest power in the world then? The guy who you have dirt on, right? right? So, I mean, honestly, we're not allowed to talk about the origin of COVID. We're not allowed to talk about, you know, reparations. We're not allowed to talk, allowed to talk about the collusion between the, the American permanent security state and the Chinese and developing these bioweapons, what's going on in Ukraine. Everything is is coming out now. That's why I'm scared in the sense that to the extent things get more desperate for these folks, they're, they, they, they're forced to take ever more drastic measures to keep a cap and a lid on things and maintain control. And as the truth starts to outrun the propaganda narrative, which is happening all over the place, and it's harder and harder to control because there's more of us than there are of them. Yes. They can't arrest us all. So they don't really, we're not, we're not past the threshold, the tipping point of where they can implement authoritarianism um, completely like they do in China. We don't have that. We don't have the social credit system and we have complete control. We have some degree of, of, of freedom, although it's mostly an illusion. But because of that, the propaganda narrative and the, and the integrity of the propaganda narrative is absolutely critical to them. They have to maintain that at all costs. So to the extent that the truth starts to outrun it and, and gain traction and starts to outrun the propaganda, they get desperate and they'll get engaged in more and more desperate actions um, to maintain control. And that's what we see. So that what a perfect manifestation of that is what we're seeing now in Ukraine. OK. And by the way, Ukraine and Russia are a block now against the United States. We've got this useless NATO uh, you know, alliance, which I say it's useless because you have an alliance a mutual defense treaty among several nations who share common values in history, which is great. But if your biggest adversary to a big chunk of a big portion of the countries that are in the pact depend 
significantly for their home heating oil on your on on, on you know uh, you know on on the Russians, uh, then it doesn't matter what treaty you have because we can't do anything. It's going to be a disaster because Russia now also applies forty percent, forty seven percent, whatever you want to say, of the natural gas energy and other hydrocarbon based uh, energy to Western Europe. So what what good is the the, the treaty? Right. Oh. Yeah. And to your point, to your point about the one thing that worries me too is just that, like they can't stop what's coming and clearly, you know, so they're going there, like, as they get more desperate, how bad, like, what are they going to do? You know, their last move and it's not going to be pretty unless, I mean, by, I believe in God's intervention and miracles happening, but I really don't see them going down without a dirty, dirty fight in the end, because I know eventually it's going to come to that. But I mean, that's the one thing I think about, honestly. Well, I, I think you're right, Antoinette. I think, I think, right. I mean, look, we're going to see major uh, food crises around the world. I mean, Russia and Ukraine together supply 25% of the world's wheat and a, a, yeah. a, a huge portion of the wheat to Northern Africa and some Southeast Asian nations. We're already seeing food shortages in Northern Africa countries, parts of the Middle East that are most impacted by that. That could lead to another big refugee crisis from Northern Africa and the Middle East into Europe, like we've seen before, which of course they'll cultivate and foment that as much as possible. Uh -huh. yeah. China is currently under some type of massive lockdown for some mysterious communicable disease, which may or not, may not be COVID or something else. It's hard to believe at this point that they're actually locking down million. tens of millions of people um you know for covid i don't know what you know if whatever's going on but i really think the initial covid 19 thing was a was a was a basically a, a beta test to test the, yeah. the apparatus and the control mechanisms and people's response and compliance so they could calibrate what the will ultimately um, manifest as the main effort and i think i think that was a test case to just see how the systems would work what needs to be adjusted and so forth and i think like you said antoinette i mean the scary thing is because we're in the main effort now, they're not they're not prepping the battlefield anymore. They're yeah. they're in the main effort. That means they'll never back down, they'll just double down. Exactly. And they might drop some bombs to cause chaos and yeah. you know, it's a it's a dying beast clearly. I mean, obviously there's so many things happening, but like I said, I don't think what's too many people are waking up. There's so many of us compared to them. It's going to end one way. I I believe we will win in the end, but it's going to get ugly before that happens. Um, I think with this whole, like you said, this, the whole COVID thing was definitely a test run. And these, these vaccines, for example, are an experiment. I think what, ha what's happening on, honestly, in Ukraine, I think that could have possibly been where this second wave of whatever they were planning on doing, you know, bioweapons labs and, and all that stuff. I, I kind of have an idea and it's a theory more so that, maybe what's happening with russia and putin going in maybe he subverted some crazy plan b that they were planning but i mean time will tell and we'll see yeah absolutely and of course they're engineering the the collapse of the global currencies um sovereign currencies to go to a, a digital based currency so what they're going to turn on the turnkey authoritarianism then you know you'll have you won't be able to you'll you'll, you'll basically be, they'll flip the concept of liberty upside down from what we've grown up with, which is you can do anything you want, except that which is illegal or prohibited by law. They're going to flip it to you can do nothing unless and until you affirmatively obtain permission from the state based on your behavior, your <laughs> compliance with the dogma of the state and the narrative of the state. So they re they're replacing, <clears throat> you know, the 
the Western civilization, Judeo-Christian values of, of right and wrong, good and evil with the, the Marxist power dynamic of oppression and victimhood. Yes. There is no right and wrong. You know, right is just whatever the state says, wrong is whatever the state prohibits. The only dynamic that matters is oppression and victimhood. That way they can they can pick victim classes, they can create victim classes, and they can advance whatever agenda that they want. So that's what critical race theory is. Yep. It's all just 101, 101 te uh, textbook Marxism. Ultimately, we're gonna, you know, the, you look at COVID, I mean, the real weapon is either the vaccine or ultimately could be the social credit system and the vaccine pass, which once they have the digital currency, then they'll, they'll be able to turn on what's gonna be turnkey authoritarianism. And then at that, that point, it'll be very difficult. That's why now's the time to get involved and resist and tell yeah. the truth. Because right now, truth is like a contraband. Truth yeah. is like cocaine, okay? Truth is like contraband. I mean, you can get you can get shook down by the government for the possession and distribution of truth. <laughs> yeah. The value, yeah. the value of anything oh, sure. is a function of scarcity. Truth is so scarce now, it's very valuable. So we, we're a day late and a dollar short to this fight, but we need to get involved today. 100%. Well uh, said. Get arrested for truth trafficking. There you go. Right. Oh, isn't, did you guys hear this? And I don't know, I haven't confirmed, but did you hear that Ukraine is actually the first country to like um, implement this new social credit system besides China, obviously. But I think it just came out that Ukraine just started the whole social credit system randomly. It's a weird during, time to do it. Yeah, kind of scary. Yeah, the, during this, this time period. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think Ukraine is like the center of a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so obvious that this has yeah. it's all just testing authoritarianism because still to this day in Italy, they need, you need to have your vaccines, you yeah. know, children have to have vaccines. I mean, it makes no rational sense. The, the vaccines have negative efficacy. Yes. It makes no, it's, so it's clearly just testing authoritarianism. Yes, and the proof is all out there. I mean, even Pfizer's documents have, that have been released show this to be the case. So clearly, you know, it's it's more obvious now than ever. Like you said, it's it's all about that. It's, it's uh, we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. No, this has been awesome getting to sit down and, uh, Really hear all about your campaign platform today. We'd like to direct as much of our listenership to uh, assist you in your campaign moving forward. And, of course, hope to invite you back sometime between now and the midterm elections. Why don't you tell everybody about your uh, congressional website and then uh, social medias? Yeah, absolutely. So just check out my website at noahfornevada.com. And um, all my social media is on there. Um, a lot of my videos are on our rumble because they've been deleted of course from mainstream legacy big tech media which is part of you know the the collusive regime media complex uh, um for you know being too truthful but you have to look find me on rumble and other places where i'll talk about you know the issues that are really going on in the world and, and you can read about my policy positions my innovative policy positions on a host of different issues on my website including removing the liability protection for big pharma to force them to stand behind their product which will have the effect of um, removing all mandates um, overnight including private mandates because they won't stand behind their product but a number of other policy ideas just go look at my website and um, certainly support us Please donate if you can. Um, the establishment really does not want a candidate like me for obvious reasons because it threatens um, their existence. And uh, we, but this is what we need. It's a liberty moment. The only thing that matters now is not Republican, Democrat. I'm a Republican, but it's not Republican, Democrat. It's not conservative, liberal. It's freedom, authoritarianism, folks. Freedom, authoritarianism. That's it. So um, I'm 100% on the side of freedom, individual liberties, personal autonomy. I'm a father and. Um, 
business owner, business founder, and a proud patriot and a veteran. And I'll fight for this country uh, every day. Yeah, our listenership definitely likes to hear that, and so did we today. Yep. This is the uh, America First Truth Defending candidate running in Nevada 3. Noah McGarry, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast today. Awesome to be with you guys. Thanks so much. Can't wait to be back. Take care. Another awesome guest. Awesome slate of guests. Yeah, that was a good one. Another awesome show and rock-solid week for Steak for Breakfast, which consequently you can follow on all major downloadable podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, and now exclusively via the Roku app on the Patriot Podcast Network. Subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show creds, of course, go to our guests. Josh DeCash, it was great sitting down with him today, host of Wrong Opinion. Tommy Allman running in Virginia, too. And Noah McGarry, who's looking to represent Nevada 3 in the upcoming midterm elections. And just then, we have our internet friends, Patriotic Babe Accounts, Mr. Garbaggio, Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News, John Backman of Newsmax, Mike Crispy of Red, White, and Truth, and Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of The National File. Friends, don't forget to go out and uh, throw some cash at our partners. The only thing you do by uh, accomplishing that is help make small American businesses great again. My pillow, last day of the Giza Dream Everything Sale, sets as low as $29.99. Addition to all the other great My Pillow products they have there, go and support Mike Lindell. And a promo code stake at checkout on the website, mypillow.com forward slash stake, or talk to a qualified pillow representative at 1 800 658 8045. all headphone needs taken care of. They are the top tier of ear gear. Noah looks tired, but still handsome wearing his. Mm. I'm assuming I only look the same. Odyssey.com is the website. Find them <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram as well. Stay ready to your holsters. If you want a uh, piece of plastic melted down into the shape of a concealed carry holster and have Nancy Pelosi reading a poem from Bono on it, unfortunately, they'll do that too. Stay ready is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Man rubs. Don't mistreat your meat. You buy it. You shake it. You rub it. You smoke it. You pull it, put a little barbecue sauce on it, <laughs> throw it in your mouth, num, num, num. Thank you. Mike, down at West Coast Survival Arms. Simple equation for uh, our friend Mike down there. Firearms, parts, accessories, and ammos. New to redesign website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders and law enforcement friends. In addition to the Fire IG, they got everything you need and more at MediocreMedic.com. And if you're in the uh, if you're in the neighborhood for a new Zero Fucks Duck, go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. What do you think, Noah? What? What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> it was a good show. Oh, you liked it? Mm-hmm. Good week? Yeah. Sleepy? I'm tired. And tonight you're sleepy too, huh? I think I'm the only one that's staying up till tomorrow, though. Yeah. Upcoming uh, shows. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And we've got a bunch of them. We'll be back on Tuesday with the co-founder of the Tea Party, Mr. Michael Johns. We're going to be talking about uh, China and the CCP. Sure. We're also going to have CEO of the Patriot Podcast Network to talk about his uh, launch on the Roku app, Alan Jacoby. We'll be joined by host of the John Backman Show. wonder who that could be. Spoiler alert, it's John Backman. Oh. Newsmack <laughs> anchor. And we'll be joined by senatorial candidate out of Pennsylvania, former ambassador Carla Sands. We're going to wrap up the week next week on Friday with the uh, Trump Save America 
litigation lawyer, Christina Bob, Antonio Patoco, who's running in Maryland 3, and we'll have an America First roundtable with Mike Crispy, looking to represent New Jersey 4, and great friend of the show, Andrew McCarthy, who's running in New York 24. The following week on the 29th, we'll host Arizona senatorial candidate Jim Lehman. We'll get an update on the Reawaken America tour from Clay Clark. Kyle Scheidler will be joining us. He sits on the uh, Center for Security Policies. And we're going to have a great talk with him about borders. And we're going to have Mario Fratto, who's running in New York 24, America First campaign, endorsed by Matt Brainerd. He asked, we're making it happen. On April 1st, we're going to start off the month right. Roundtable, Mandamilius, Cash Patel should be fun. Thinking about inviting one more person, but I don't know who yet. Got to have a backup plan when you schedule. Got to get a ringer. Yeah, when you, when you schedule Amanda Milius. <laughs> On the 5th of April, we're going to have a reschedule of a reschedule for a reschedule with Shu Abdurrahman, who's running in Minnesota 5, and we're going to have North Carolina 11 House Representative candidate Rod Honeycutt join us as well. Going to have a great conversation with the uh, newest member of the Logan Circle Group, Vish Burris Circle, and back on the 8th of April. And Miss Kelly Townsend will be joining us on the 15th of the month as well. Friends of the Week, I've got some complaints that I've just been winging it for the past few episodes. How dare you! Exactly. So I brought my list today, and I've got them all written right here. Sublime and Slime, Hugh White Memes, The Duke of Memes, John Hacker LA, Grand Old Memes, That Southern Dude, Midnight Mitch, Puritos 2.0, Mostly Peaceful Memes, Mad America, Ghost Hammer, Snack. Thickelson and the real meme DeLorean. Oh. Thank you. We'll be getting some hot takes from a lot of those guys tomorrow morning when the new steak for Substack is released, which is talking about how memes not only shape the news narrative now, but could be helping in saving Western civilization. Things to remember between now and next week. Substack pandemic. There you go. No, it's steak for Substack <laughs> battleground. <laughs> Things to remember before now next week. Number one, do your own research. A lot of work goes into this show, and all week we're crushing it to make sure that the uh, news is as accurate as the Redditors are going to let us tell you. How dare you? Number two, start a podcast, even if it's the exact same one of ours, and follows Steve Bannon's war room. <laughs> Listen. Not that hard, guys. Not that hard. Imitation is the best form of flattery, right? Is that what they say? Uh-huh. All I know is that apparatus. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Steve Cortez, jump in. We love Raheem Kassam too. But aside from that, let's see what happens. We'll be back next week with Michael Johns, Carla Sands, Alan Jacoby, and John Backman. This has been episode 117 of the Stakes of Records podcast. And behind that, and behalf of the podcast crew, I'm Roan. Noah. Later. Have a good weekend, Antoinette. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. Excellent job as usual. Thanks for listening, and take care. These are our newly arrived surgeons, Doctors Trowbridge and Greenbaum. Doctor? 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 Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Why don't you gentlemen relax? The tribe's planning a raid on a Soviet tank division tomorrow. 
There'll be plenty for us to do then. Doctors? Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. Doctor? 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 We're not doctors. We've got to get out of this place immediately, if not sooner. No, no, no. Not until I've had... Excuse me. 